Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Yo, this is Rory. I'm on the Bootleg Kev show, long overdue. Please stream my album, I'm Begging You, or find a streaming farm. I thought it'd be different out tonight. If you know someone that has a streaming farm, I'd, I'd really, really appreciate it. But this Bootleg Kev episode is great. We've been meaning to do this shit. Mad salacious clips. We talk about everybody. Bootleg Kev podcast special guest, the homie Rory is yes, here. Yes, off the... the Shroom gummies, too. Off the shroom gummies. I took all seven, which I think says... It's uh, 12, but you know, yes, <laughs> you're about to uh, have yourself a fucking trip, buddy. I can't wait. Let's get, uh, let's get some headlines. Yo, uh, well, we're, we're both one on the list. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, off I to the races. Say, I was going to say thank you. I wanted to thank you because you, you, you and uh, Maul showed me some love. I, I know there was that uh, complex list that I don't know how you guys didn't make it. I have some ideas, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> But like I don't really like look into that shit too much, you know. I I I honestly like never expect to make that kind of shit. So like when I saw you guys shout me out, it, it meant a lot. It was cool, man. Lists aren't important in the scope of things, but they're great to talk about. Yeah. I love a list. I'm Good never content. above arguing about a list or just talking about shit, whether we're on it or not. But I felt you definitely should have been on it for hip hop media, and you guys should have definitely been on it. I mean, can we even have the conversation of what what is hip hop media now? To me, you do hip hop media. Yeah. I'm not even quite sure if Maul and I do hip-hop media. I'm not sure if the podcast space is very much hip-hop media, per se. I think you guys There's do commentary. Touches. There's touches of it at this point. Right. But podcasting has had to expand so much, it's tough to like just do the hip-hop. That's become niche. How crazy is that? For Biggest sure. genre in the world. Niche. But podcasting has gotten so big, you can't just do yeah, hip-hop I think, shit. I think that's why your guys' shit is so dope, because you guys talk about just everything. Like whatever's going on, like you guys have a take on it for the most part, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's good. 
How's everything uh, with this album, man? Yeah, you, know, you you had sent me. Well, you just sent me the album like twenty minutes before you showed up. So I yeah, I, I all the way in. I swore I sent it to you before. And no, then you on the had way sent here, me a I bunch like, of songs before. Yeah, um, that that are on the album, obviously, but I haven't listened to it sh- front to back. But mm. I know this has been like your baby for a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, when I started, it was maybe like three years ago, and luckily, I had a lot of great excuses for why it was taking so long. Right. One was the pandemic, obviously, and especially for great excuse. Like, loved it. Can't yeah. can't do anything, right? Um, also, even like with the other pod breakup, like I had to reset on a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. even getting Mo and I show up and running, and and you know starting from zero with a whole new show was a task in itself. Where the album kind of took a bit of a backseat. So right. you know it was three years, but I'm, I can't say I worked on it for three years. Like I had to stop for a while, which was good though, because I mean, there's records. Had I put this album out two and a half years ago right i probably would have fucking hated it and i think i would have regret it so like shout out to china for covid and shout out to the old show for breaking up like shout it, out to the china it, virus it, yeah it really i'm sorry for everyone that lost grandparents but it really helped with my album i, I lost my grandma yeah I lost also my grandma more money than i ever had in the pandemic so you know i, I can tell by the, pl- the plaques well these plaques are just <laughs> fucking these are bullshit you know that they send people who play songs we, i had nothing to do with none of these fucking songs you know it broke my heart when i went into certain producers studios and saw all the plaques but then realized they were also djs right and the labels used to just send out plaques i'm like you worked on the miseducation of lauren hill and like no no yeah like i got a lot of my og homies who have like a big l uh a big picture plaque from raucous yeah and then, like, I started to realize, like, damn, everybody who's an old head in the music industry I know has one of these. Like, not everybody could have worked on this shit. Like, mm. and what did you work on on the big picture? Like, <laughs> you're, you live in L.A. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? Like, you know. But There's yeah. not one production credit that I see here. Yeah, so, like, the DJ plaques thing is very, like, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to fucking turn them away. They look nice. Of, on of course, I'm jealous. I have no plaques. I feel like I should have some, but I just never, like, went to collect None of the emotional orange stuff has gone gold yet? Yeah, we're like quadruple platinum in Korea. So you got to get one of those. Yeah, I have to get a Korean plaque for sure. Yeah, for, well, listen, for people who don't know, because uh, I, I feel like a lot of people know you. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they might not necessarily know your story. Um, kind of give me a breakdown on like how you got even in because I, I i think i first met you at like a, a henny palooza in la like maybe four or five years ago six years ago it was downtown um but give me a breakdown of just kind of how you got into the industry obviously we know about the joe button podcast yeah um well i mean it, it started well before, before that, that. Yeah. yeah so um my barber in college by barber i mean the only guy that had clippers on the floor in okay. the dorm uh shout out to my man owen uh, who I'm still really cool with. He was interning at Def Jam, and I didn't even know that was like a thing. Right. I was like, you can you can do that? Because mm-hmm. there was like internship programs at our college. But again, I was like a freshman, so I didn't know much about that. But I assumed like internship was like you interned at the fucking financial aid office. Right. <laughs> like I didn't know there was real internships right. per se. And um, he was like, yeah, I'll link you with the person I'm interning for because I guess like legally you could only do one semester yep. over at Def Jam at the time. Right. So I interviewed with Shireen Taylor, who uh, was at RCA forever, she's been in the business forever too, um, with her. She was the assistant to Gabby Peluso, ended up getting the internship and kind of just going crazy in that building. Like I, I was 
almost teetering on the line of annoying, but like I was right on that consistent line where people fucked with me, mm-hmm. but I was in every single department talking to every single person, um, ended up linking with Shot Money and just our, even with the neighborhood connection at that time, he took me under his wing and then where Shaw went, I went. So I would say Gabby Peluso, Shireen and, and Shaw Money were like the three people that really introduced me into the music business. That's actually how I met Benner. Benner was working with Shaw Money. Benner's now my manager. And this was when I was 19. I'm 33 now. So Did you meet Benner at one of those random beat conventions in Phoenix? No. That <laughs> no. Shaw Money excel Yes, that Shaw used to do. Um, what were those, the producer conferences? What were those called? Fuck, I don't know. I never could go because at the time I was doing radio in like middle America. But yeah, I would always see my friends. I'd be like, God damn, this is... It was the producer conference, and shout out to Shaw Money because ahead of his time, he had every producer you could think Everybody of, was all within like a a convention center, mm-hmm. and they would have beats battles, they would have like conferences for producers, they would have like tech shit. Like Shaw did such a, a dope thing with that. You were at those? No, I was in high school. I think oh, when Shaw was oh, doing I didn't that know. stuff. Yeah, yeah. We don't so, want to date us too much, you know. Um, how I actually met Benner, my manager, and as you know, the podcast knows him as well now, was Benner and Shaw Money were doing this thing called Def Jam Cipher Sessions. Mm-hmm. Shaw was VP of A and R at, at Def Jam. Benner was moving around the industry, and they started this thing that was like the main act at Def Jam at the time for their region. So, for example, the first one was with Big Sean, and then a bunch of opening acts, and then an actual cipher at SOBs. Then they did the South one that had Big Crit, Sci High. Then the LA one, the lineup was fucking nuts. I think it was. Was it Kendrick, Dom? Jesus. Was Nipsey on that too? YG. YG. And this was 2010? Jesus. Yeah, two didn't boot it days. 2010, 2011, yeah. Um, So they just did different regions, and we did them all at SOBs. Um, I mean, I've talked to Big Sean later in life, and he was like, yo, that Def Jam Cypher Session shit was like kind of the thing that made the building pay attention to me. I wasn't just the what you doing bullshitting. Right kid at that time like they were like hey maybe we should give him marvin Gaye and chardonnay right um so it was really cool to be on the ground floor with that stuff and by the way what happened to roscoe dash anyway continue <laughs> Ew, he, he could be on an undercard for verses and do all right he i mean super undercard yeah it, just like you know when people it, are walking it, in it'd be like the soldier boy bow wow undercard no you have to put more respect on roscoe dash's name uh, he has some hooks that he could no, go crazy on great yeah he's got no hands marvin Gaye and chardonnay all the way turned You're, up. Yeah, you have Roscoe Dash fucked up. Has he got, has he got a fourth or fifth? That he know. might have some writing credits that he could play no, as well. No, no, He lives in Arizona, by the way, I heard. This has just been the Arizona podcast already. Yeah. He was on Oh My. Come on. Shout out. Hey, Roscoe <laughs> Dash. Anyway, we got sidetracked with Roscoe mm. Dash. Um, uh, but yeah, from there, uh, I met uh, Aristotle, who is a very talented music video director who now is doing feature films. He just went to Sundance. Uh, wow. He has a movie called Story Ave, executive produced by Jamie Foxx, but had a company called By Any Means. He was actually J. Cole's first manager, um, and we ended up connecting with Kevin Lyles at KWL and kind of just forming like we were their creative team, more or less, when they had Sean, Trey. That's when 300 came in, so mm-hmm. you know, early Migos at that time, early Young Thug at that time, and we were just all on Park Ave with fucking... Kev, Lior, and Todd just like just doing the creative. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> type shit. Lior sat across from me in a desk that's like this. Wow. Like not in a cubicle. That's fucking fire. And he would just ask me the most intimidating questions all the time with no context. Why should I know you? I, feel I don't like, know. I was about to say, I feel like he could say anything to be intimidating. <laughs> he's an intimidating guy for sure. Really, like really him. nice guy though. But he's intimidating I, as fuck. Like, I'm real tight with his uh, brother, Madi, but um, I've never met Lior, but I just watch all his interviews and I'm like, this dude, I heard he's really tall. 
Yes. And he just seems like he's just... He, he speaks like a Russian hitman. Yeah. And he just leads with like every, every question is odd. To start to meet somebody with, why do I need to know you? And you're like a, a 19, 20-year-old kid. Like, like oh. I, you know what? You don't need to. I'm going to just go home. <laughs> you, guys, you don't need to know me, bro. You're rich. Like, I, I mean. But no, that, but that speaks to kind of why I think Lior, amongst a million other things, has been so successful in this business. I was just some random kid that was doing shit. Right. And he was like, yo, why? That wasn't a try to shit on me question. That was a try to get to know me. Here's your opportunity to tell me what you guys can do. And no, I didn't say I just want to go home. Right. I showed him uh, stuff we were doing for the smaller artists on 300 right. of like social clips and like Mike we, we built was this the Mike Stead era of 300 no it was uh this kid from god he's from Washington not DC like state mm. I forgot his name but we were doing a lot of stuff Macklemore. for <laughs> yes this, this guy named Macklemore Travis Thompson um shout out to Travis so yeah it was that's like was the early stuff before like Palooza and the pod hit and everything I, I sorry if I bored people with my no that's, I never think people want to know that so you have like shit. a real real I feel like not a lot like maybe people were just you know, a lot of people see your guys' clips and they don't really necessarily dive all the way in because you guys have like two or three hour long episodes. Yeah. Um, so you have like real roots in the music industry. But in both sides too. Like I did the label shit. I did the creative shit. I did the independent shit. Like I've, I've kind of had every single aspect of the music industry, which I, I'm happy about. And then you guys obviously created a dope brand, uh, Henny Palooza, which toured... I mean, for forever. Then to Duce Palooza, sh- yeah, uh, yeah. Duce Palooza is it? Is Duce Palooza now, or is it? Is it still a thing? It's not a thing. No. Okay, it's done. I don't know if I'm officially allowed to say that, but we're not. We're not coming back. It's over. Yeah. Sorry if I, we End didn't have like era. more of a a wow. whole closing type thing. But yeah, we we ended at the Barclays. Um, That's a way. To COVID. Do it. I seriously jokes aside, was a, a huge part of that. And then also after COVID, like we all got kind of old. Right. Like that shit becomes exhausting. When you're traveling around the world, drinking, yeah, okay. like a lot, yeah, um, yeah, it becomes really, really tiring. So, I mean, it, it was an era. It was an incredible thing. I, I think it's in the lineage of parties within the culture. Like, I, I think it's up there. And no way am I like saying we're the tunnel, but for our era, like that's a staple for our era as far as what was going on in hip hop at the time with parties. And 100%. I think we changed how parties are now. Like the day party is the thing now. The branded party is the thing. Right. The clubs, it's the thing. Every- the clubs are, are, you know, have been dying. I think they're trying to make a comeback with these these new set of kids. Yeah, these new you know, set listen, of kids just, are naive. I just opened a club in Scottsdale, and it's like, uh, it's been fucking great. Mm. It's been amazing. But you know, we've been lucky. We kind of filled. There was no hip hop clubs left in AZ, so we opened yeah. a spot and opened it right before Super Bowl. Whatever happened to that rapper Juice from? He goes by Richie Evans now. He was really dope. Still is dope. Richie's dope. He's um, OG Muggs. My boy OG Muggs manages him, who's like Tech Nine security and E40 security. And uh, he, just, he just performed at Gary V's VCon. Okay. <laughs> a little different than Black Wall Street, but yeah. He goes by Richie Evans now. He was dope. I always liked Juice a lot. Juice was dope. Yeah. The Black Wall Street. And then we had Hot Rod, who was signed to G Unit. And then we had Willie Northpole, who was signed to. Ludacris. I remember Willie Northpole. And of course I remember Hot Rod. Hot Rod had a record with Mary J. He did. That's, Be, it was called people, Be Easy. Mm-hmm. And you Mary know, the thing about Hot Rod too. is he still lives in Arizona. He's kind of like a social media, like he runs some funny pages and stuff. Shout out to him. I think it's the shit's Good Times Jackson on Instagram. But he was really from Sacramento. So Arizona really never uh, embraced him like that because he was a, he was from Sacramento. Okay. Well, he, I mean, but, we, you know, we all thought he was from he Arizona. He repped AZ. That was a weird time in, in G-Unit. To begin Super with. weird. That was like when you could you could tell it was like 
you know, I, w- I remember when I was super excited that MOP and Mob Deep were on G Unit. Blood I, Money, I, Blood Money was a decent album. There were some no, good singles on there. Um, uh, MOP never dropped an album on G Unit, did they? Not that I remember, no. But I, I thought, even in my young, naive time at that, when they signed Mob Deep, I love Mob Deep, and I didn't think it was over for Mob Deep. I just thought it was weird that G Unit was signing acts older than them. And I was like, this is odd. The MOP signing. And I love huge. MOP. Warriors is one of my favorite albums. I fucking love MOP. I just, I was like, this is cool. Like, mm. shout out to, I, as a kid, I wasn't thinking to myself, like, why is 50 signing guys that are older than him and underground as fuck? Yeah. I was just like, this is lit. Like, I didn't think anybody was like the MOP but me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just figured it was all some petty shit behind the scenes. Because wasn't MOP on Rockefeller yep. then, I think. Yes. And then there was something, there was some other G-Unit petty beef that he also signed. That the actually Mob makes thing. a lot of sense. There was like, something going on. fuck you, Hove. I'm signing MOP. By the way, the You Don't Know remix. It's the only version of the song I prefer. Yeah, I agree. Blueprint 2. You know what I mean? I'm glad. This is the only podcast I can have Juice conversations on. This is why. Sorry I didn't come with my regular press run shit. I just want to talk about Juice from Arizona. Shout out to Juice. <laughs> Richie Evans. Um... Yeah, so you obviously, um, did you ever have any sort of like idea that you would even, because you're pretty like, um, you, you know, I wouldn't say you're like a, an outward personality, you know I what agree. I mean? Like yeah, you're, I agree. You're, you're a pretty like chill dude. Like, did you have ever any sort of aspirations to be a personality? Or, or I mean, obviously you fell into the podcast situation. Um, no, by, by any means, absolutely not. Like even with Palooza, Everyone knows Palooza, you never saw me unless you saw me losing my mind backstage, right. running around working. Like I never wanted to be on stage. Even when they would do like the moments of the toast and all that shit, I never, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know if it's shyness, I don't know if it's only child thing. I'm just not, I don't like attention. It, right. it makes me feel really, really uncomfortable. And not in like the cool way people say it. Like it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, so I didn't, but podcasting is, is drastically different in that regard. Like when we started the podcast, I, I was, you know, producing it for the first beginning of it before I got on an episode seven, whatever the fuck it was. Um, but that was very much a, a comfortable thing because it was amongst friends. It was right. something we could control. Like, and it's you like Palooza with the host on stage and shit. Like you have to be the bravado, the charismatic, right. like that, that's something that I don't possess. So that would come across very inauthentic and corny. And, and I would cringy. look nuts. Yeah, very cringy. Yeah. Yes. I don't think you want me to be like, yo, yo, put your motherfucking hands up. I yo. love, I love swag surf, but I should not be leading it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, put your arm around the motherfucker. We're about to do the swag surf. And even like left to right, I'm Rory. It's gonna be my new drop, actually. I'm Rory. Um, and even with radio, like there is calmer radio personalities, but there is very much the flex or star, or even Ebro has a lot of bravado, especially in New York. Yeah, but that's that's a little tamer, like. You know, Envy's been very successful as a radio personality. Rosenberg, is Rosenberg not, too, and mm-hmm. they're not like really loud people right. in that regard. But podcasting was even more in my corner. I could just be myself the mm-hmm. entire time. Right. I don't have to turn something on. Like, all right, we're back from a commercial break, and it's like that was number ten. Like, I, I would, it would just feel corny to me, mm-hmm. and I think it would come across that way. So it was never something I wanted to do. Um, but podcasting for sure, and that's opened me up, pause to other things that I probably wouldn't have done. Like even with the live shows, I shot my own live show for the rollout of this album. Like I got more comfortable in that space knowing that I can do it myself and do it the way I want to do rather than the structure of what a radio would be or what a party host would be or, you know, 
a, a TV host would right. be. I can do the shit the way I want to, and that's why I love podcasting. And you're not, uh, you're obviously not screaming all over your album. No, I fucking wish. Shout out Ari <laughs> Lennox, Dreamville! <laughs> I thought about it. Another two! I thought about it. I actually had, um, I had a, a good amount of skits that were pod related throughout the album, like in the early phases of it. But then it started to feel too much, uh, not parody, I would, wouldn't use that word, but it felt too much like the pod shit. Like, this wasn't as serious as what the album became. You kind of wanted people to like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I respect it. Like, you want people to take, take the music very serious. And I'd be like, is, what is this? This is the podcast guy. And it, it was fun with someone like the pod skits I had in between. And maybe I will do that one day after I hope people take me seriously on this one. But yeah, it felt like I was, I was doing a, a joke. <laughs> Do you, because uh, obviously there has been like, you know, compilation albums have been a thing in hip hop forever. Sure. But uh, even more recently, someone like Khaled, who's fucking huge, and the Metro, but Metro Boomin produces, but that's one of my favorite albums in yeah. recent memory. Um, there hasn't really been somebody, I mean, I could be wrong, but there really hasn't been somebody in my peripherals that has done the R&B route. No, I... I mean, I, you can think of like a Robert Glasper who's producing everything right. and putting like Black Radio 3 was one of my favorite albums last year. Um, so there's always been those type of like producer albums per se. In but you're like R&B. curating. Yeah, and I mean still, still, no, still very much have a hand in the production, arranging, and writing of, of everything. Not to the degree, of okay. course, that Robert Glasper does, but yeah. very much a part of each record. I, yeah, I think R&B needed that because it started out more as like, an original playlist is what I was going to call it. Like, let me get original records from artists and put together my own playlist of original music. Um, And then that turned into like, hey, this feels more like an album. And I've never seen anyone in R&B do this. And even with like the Khaled perspective, he gets the biggest names, which is great. But there is, especially now, such a sub-genre where superstars aren't as important anymore. For sure. And fans have these huge cult fan bases. Like, you know, when you go on streaming and it says an artist page you may like under here. Yeah. That's almost this version in an album. Cause right. there's so many like artists that people have not heard of, but they've heard of another artist mm-hmm. and this fan base is just waiting to hear from this artist. So let's put them together. Mm-hmm. And then you do get moments where I'll get a J electronica and put them on a song with Reggie, who mm-hmm. is brand new. That would never happen on a Khaled project. It would just be J electronica and fucking Jay Z. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let me do some stuff that, wouldn't happen otherwise unless I do it. And I'm a huge Griselda fan. I've Conway's always on the album. Always wanted to hear Conway on something that would be more played at H and M, more of a dance record. Uh, you know, something you can try on tight T-shirts too. And Conway doesn't sound weird on it at all. No, I heard, yeah, that's one of the records you sent me. That's fucking shout out to uh, Conway. Who I, I feel like Conway can really do anything. Oh, he. I don't think I told this story. Ben, I may have told us on ninety seven. I don't know. Um, when I sent it to Conway, I met up with him at Engine Room in uh, in the city. He was like, why did you send me that record? And I was like, oh, fuck. What the fuck did I do? Because, you know, yeah. just like Leor, he's an intimidating guy just for different reasons. Right. Um, Probably had a cigarette or a backpack <laughs> in his hand. Yeah, and a whole bottle of Hennessy. Yes. Um, and he was like, why did you send me that, that type of record? I was like, I mean, I just wanted to hear you on something like that. And he was like, no, thank you. Everyone just sends me beats that sound like alchemist or like derringer. derringer beats and he was like i would have done the verse for you because like i fuck with you but when you sent that like i got excited to come cut this verse mm-hmm. finally someone sent me something that wasn't in the same realm whenever they want a fucking griselda feature so 
that like th- those types of sessions were like real wins to me behind the scenes. Like I was able to get artists to do shit that they've wanted to do, but maybe didn't have the opportunity to do as far as sound. A lot of times these guys get typecasted with the type of beats they they get sent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've heard, I heard a, there was a, I don't know if Conway ever played you the song he had that's never going to come out, but I've t- we've talked about it on the podcast, but he had a record with Hitmaker that was on a Hitmaker <laughs> beat that sampled, I think it sampled some Biggie or something. <clears throat> yeah, I have Jay, the record on my phone. A Boogie's on it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I choked on my. Uh, you know the, my that, that record's fucking crazy, super crazy. It's like a radio uh, single. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not gonna speak on the politics of what, of what stopped that, but uh, that record was crazy. It was it was a Biggie sample, yeah. a Boogie. Um, yeah. I think someone else on it, maybe Jeremy. Maybe I'm yes, trying. could be. I have it in my phone from it's a long time record. ago. But there's a lot of those those beats that I feel like Griselda wanted to do and had to wait. But I think they took their time in the right way. I think what Benny's doing, I think. You know Conway with the Justice League thing that's about to come out right. as well is perfect and yeah I think they've they've changed their their sound. I uh, just watched the entirety of your guys's blog era Jeopardy or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. watched the whole thing. Shout out to it's the real Jeff Eric. Yeah, because they have the new the new uh, podcast, which is phenomenal them. by the way. Yeah, the I listened to the podcast. first episode. It was great because um, I was like, wow, the blog era. This is my life. Yeah. Um, but that shit was that shit was that was great, man. That was a fucking yeah. It was it was you, fun. To you do. won too. I think you of course you, that's, you that's my everybody. That's my era. Yeah, that's definitely my era. And I mean, and we're on home home turf, sob yeah. stage. Like mm. that's where I was birthed. <laughs> oh, it was at sobs. Yeah, we did. People, if you know, you know type of thing. That was I more. Sob once, like once. It was such a staple for New York City and the blog era. It was like we could shoot this at my crib. We could shoot this at some stage, but. Doing it at SOBs made it feel cooler, even if no one realized we were at SOBs. Who to you is like the biggest blog era, woulda, coulda, what if? Charles Hamilton, by far. Oh my God, me too. No, it's not even close. And I mean that, and I mean that respectfully. I don't mean well, that in like I a, remember there was that YouTube video of Charles Hamilton backstage. I think the game was in it. Was Kanye there? Yes. And like I know fucking what you're about. Charles Hamilton is a snapping. He was a... Uh, I mean, was like the Green Lantern mixtape uh, where he sampled Stained outside... I'm on the app. Yep. Wait, am I am I confusing that with fucking? That's Charles Hamilton, right? I'm sure he's sampled Stain before. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. I'm confusing that or a mood music. But I mean, sample. the uh, uh, Joe also sampled that. Yeah. Um, Pink Lava Lamp was one of my favorite from the blog era, as far as mixtapes. And if you look at Charles Hamilton, outside of just his sheer talent, he had Jimmy Iovine, and Jimmy Iovine banked on him too. So That's a fire. different type of animal when you have jimmy iovine that's why he's in rooms with game and kanye yeah that early and he it had just the pink back was it the pink backpack mm-hmm. yeah it's Damn. just listen man me- mental health and and prayers to him i know he still does make music but i'm always been a charles hamilton fan i don't mean that in a way like dude me too you shit the bed, I, was but the, I, was I know he really went through a lot for him i love i mean he was and he was even i think Two years ahead of even where music was about to go with the blog era as far as, I don't like the word nerd, but switching over to that. Charles Being like an like, actual nerdy guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he referred to Anime. himself as a blogger before. Yeah, like for sure. I remember uh, there was a song that he sampled. Um, was it he sampled uh, like the sounds of like windows and like, I forget what it was, but. He he also had that high output that got to the point where I was just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, 
I don't know how many Z-Share fucking links this guy's fucking dropping. He had like fucking 30 mixtapes, and then he ended up beefing with Royce over the uh, the Dilla thing. Yeah, which was a mistake. But that's being... It felt like that was the beginning. That's being the quote-unquote nerd and not realizing, even if you are from Harlem, Cleveland, whatever, like not knowing that you're just a Jay Dilla fan, but not realizing how offensive that could be to the family that you just said your album was executive produced by him, and he he passed... You didn't even doubt, like you didn't even steal some Dilla beats from the internet. Like you just said, you saw him in a dream, and he executive produced it. And it's like that can get really offensive to people that were friends with him. And now he's dead. Like, yeah, he tried to make. A, and Detroit is just not one of those cities. Play. He tried to make <laughs> they, a come, protect like, Jake Dilla when he tried to make a comeback a few years ago. Was it three or four years ago? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, he did. Um, he did an interview on Hot ninety seven. I think he had a record out with Rita Ora. Was like the comeback. I think so. I could I could be wrong, but yeah. I think Rita Ora, and he looked healthy, but you could tell he was like really, really on meds. Like meds had mellowed him out like a little too much. Right. And I think he just wasn't ready for a comeback because it didn't look like there was creativity. It just looked like he was medded the fuck out. <laughs> didn't make it onto your album. I would definitely work with Charles Hamilton, depending on where his health was as far as hey, like man, a human being. He's not, an alien, not, bro. He's, he's amazing. And all the, the stunts that he did at that time, we would deem genius had there been a different result. Mm. And I think a lot of the result had to do with his mental health <laughs> and the situations he was in. But all that shit we're talking about with the 30 albums, all the internet shit he was doing, only putting music out on his website, um, even the stunts he was doing with the Lady Gaga shit, right. the Rihanna shit, mm-hmm. even down to the Jay Dilla thing to some degree, if that would have panned like out it, better... And he wasn't who he was right. as a person. We would be like Charles Hammond is, is a genius. He he mastered the internet first. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's ahead of his time. And that's what's so crazy about the internet and artists. Like it just takes like one or two things that can change your entire legacy from looking like a genius to looking like an absolute lunatic. I always say that shit about Riff Raff. I'm like, guys, Riff Raff was so ahead of the cloud era. <laughs> like he was like the original like SoundCloud clout rapper. He was just doing wild. this motherfucker got a world star tattoo, a BT tattoo. What does he like? What does he do now? He still raps. He's okay. just yoked. Like, he looks gotcha. like a fucking, bro, he looks like a gnarly wrestler, bro. Like, he's got a mullet and fucking shades and I don't know, man. I'd never really paid attention to Riff Raff like that. I always just loved his YouTube videos where he would just rant, like, ramble. Because mm-hmm. he would just say, like, he's genuinely, like, a fucking funny guy. Yeah. But I never, like, you know, dived into Riff Raff's music. I did DJ for him once at Ultra in Miami. Please let me know how that went. It was good. Like, how'd you guys put the set list together? Can you tell me the green room? Like, So, I got hit up. To what was de- on the rider? I don't know about that. How many I times know, did he use the bathroom? Was, I was living in Tampa at the time. And at the time, Riff Raff's got a fucking uh, iced out shark grill. Naturally. Yeah, so of course. Was, right, yeah. right, right. So, th- they needed a DJ. My boy Mike Lieberman was working with him. So, I ended up DJing for him at Ultra. And at the, like, he's performing Bunch of girls. He's got like all these cutouts of himself and his uh, husky. He's got a husky that's famous. Okay. Uh, and then like on the fly, he decides he wants to DJ an EDM set like on my computer with my library. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you uh, had everything set up. No, I didn't. <laughs> I know. I'm so, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to like talk him through like, you know, there's like intro, mix show intro versions of songs. And I'm like on the fly. Trying to like As help a hip, him, hip hop DJ trying to teach someone who's never DJed how to do an EDM set in the middle of on you know, during his set at, yeah. at Ultra, yeah. and it was perfect. It was a fucking mess. <laughs> good guy though, good guy. You guys still stay in contact? 
Oh, we haven't talked for a while. He's a nice guy, though. I like, I like Rev. He lived in Chandler, Arizona for a while. Him and his Huskies. Nice Every, guy. Everything does go back to Arizona, I guess. They do. Hey, what do you want from me, man? Go Suns. Um, but yeah, no. Nah, shout out to Riff Raff. You know who else was a big what if for me was XV. Oh, love XV, yeah. Oh, wow, I haven't heard that name in a Wichita while. Wichita album. Yeah, XV was dope. Executive produced by Just Blaze. Zero Heroes. What did happen to XV? Uh, I still XV. follow him. He just put out some music, but he had that out. He had Zero Heroes, which was so fire. Yeah, pre, uh, pre-blog era, and I was talking to Jeff and Eric about this. I don't think it ever made it on camera, though. There was a time when I thought Drake and Nicholas F were a group. Because they, they, they at a alive. time, like... Yeah. Even before blogs, per se, it was just like there would just be websites where they would just post a bunch of fucking music. Mm-hmm. There was like 35 Drake and Nicholas F mm-hmm. shit. And then comeback season came out, and I was like, oh, do they split up? <laughs> yeah, what happened to that guy, too, by the way? Uh, Nicholas F has been around. I actually think he was doing something in media. At I some, remember the, some point. there was a random Fonte Drake record. Was Nicholas F on it with them? No, you're talking about uh, Think Good Thoughts. That was not a random record. R- relax. It's an incredible record. But it was like a, it was like a, <laughs> a Lucy. <laughs> No, it was on comeback season. Ninth did the beat. Oh, uh, Elzai, I think, was supposed to. There's an Elzai verse that didn't make it, I believe. And I'm really nerding out now. Comeback season, think good thoughts, Fonte, Drake. You have Fonte on this album. I do, yes, which is like amazing. T- bigger than having Hove on it to me. I fucking love Little Brother. My, my favorite artist, and it's not even close. Fonte is a special guy. Uh, it's crazy how historically slept on he is, how talented he is. He's an amazing singer, too. You got him singer, singing or rapping? Singing. Yeah, because he could sing. He's what was the uh, projects he was putting out? For- Foreign Exchange. Foreign Exchange. This what, is very much what's in the producer's the, name. Uh, Nicolay. Na- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicolay was very talented. Um, yeah. Other side on my album is definitely Fonte, and shout out to Be My Fiasco, who's um, signed to Fonte. Extremely talented singer from North Carolina. It's very much in the early Foreign Exchange house bag, mm. which was some of my favorite stuff. Like, you know, I was a rap nerd fan, but Little Brother, as far as like even the samples Ninth would pick or Fonte getting into the foreign exchange bag kind of not of course introduced me to r&b but as a young kid that was such a hip-hop nerd it made me pay attention attention to it and start to do the deep dives i had done with the The hip-hop shit but on the and yeah so fonte being on this r&b project is like such a full circle moment because so much of what he was putting out when i was 12 years old was on this album like what i started to appreciate within r&b came from that type of stuff do you like Minstrel Show or The Listening more? Uh, Minstrel Show. Minstrel. I don't know if I'm allowed. I don't know if either of us are allowed to say that. I like Minstrel Oh, I mean, yeah, because the name of the album, but I fucking love Minstrel Show. Um, list, listening, of course, is incredible and, and a classic, but as much as I am their underground rap nerd fan, I am very much just equally as big a fan of hip-hop that people would say isn't real hip-hop like popular hip-hop right i'm really into that type of stuff and the minstrel show to me was the perfect balance for little brother where they had to try some shit where mm-hmm. their their core fan base may not like but mm-hmm. someone like me loves that shit like go go to atlantic go try to get a hit record because i like hit records <laughs> i'm I not that nerdy fans like don't sell out like not sell out a little bit it could, yeah, it could work a hit <laughs> a hit's a hit for a reason it's you know and i mean of course the they, they did but they ran into politics um with loving it but Love yeah, it. to, to me, so m- musically, like Minstrel Show is, is is perfect. The listening is very much in that college dorm, which and you kind of look like Joe Scudder a little, so you probably were like, "Yo, Joe Scudder, yes, I, I, I could make it too." Who is a who is a friend? And every Great time guys. Atlanta walks around with me, and he's we, got a restaurant in Atlanta, right? He does. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Joe Scudder. And every time I go to his restaurant in Atlanta, the staff always asks me if I'm related to him every Re- single time. Really? Walk in, uh, you're, 
Joe's cousin? Uh, no. Just, just a, a fan. <laughs> That's big to have Fonte on the project. Uh, you got Drums on there. Yes. Uh, Ari Lennox. Mm-hmm. Who else is on this? James Fonteroy is on the, the project. And That's, he, I mean, can I brag? Of course. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that finds that fucking insane. I don't even know who that is. I'm you don't know who James Fonteroy is? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably one of the greatest writers of all time. Are you familiar with Cocaine 80s? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's a singer of Cocaine 80s. Oh, shit. See? Yeah. Uh, do you like the 2020 experience by Justin Timberlake? Cocaine 80s was the shit that um, No ID was No producing. ID produced James I just Fonteroy. was with No ID last night. That's crazy. Let him know we want another Cocaine 80s project. Um, but uh, yeah, he also wrote all of 2020 experience for Justin Timberlake. He's written for My Beyonce. favorite Justin Timberlake album. Yeah. He's, he's a, a legend to me. And Cocaine 80s is by far one of my favorite groups even though there is only four mixtapes i remember yeah those tapes were crazy and i was even looking up old tweets when we put that record out and it was kind of like a really cool full circle moment and made me like feel a little stanish about Mm -hmm. the amount of times like i was tweeting james fonteroy in 2010 but (laughs) yo it's crazy how long ago that is bro if you think about like i was just talking to my boy because i was we're talking about high school and i was like bro high school was 20 years ago 20 like that shit's crazy. That shit feels like it was like six years ago. Like, it's just terrifying to look at what I thought. For sure, I, like, yo, I've had to delete not, so much shit on my Twitter, bro. And not even on like the cancellation. That's not what I'm talking about. Just all like the pauses and no homos. I had to take off my Twitter f- timeline. That's one thing. Yeah, that's just a whole separate issue. Just looking at like just dumb shit. Like you really, like you really thought you were smart at that age. For sure. Even I like, was really talking very confidently on Twitter at 21 years old. Like, I really had the world figured out. For sure. And, and I was, like, judging other people. And the fashion <laughs> shit was great. Even, like, uh, when you guys did that blog era thing and the uh, old boy dressed, uh, he had the Goodwood fucking thing yeah. on. I was like, damn, that was that was a wave. The Goodwood and the fucking loud-ass 10-deep. And, and I had a 10-deep uh, long-sleeve shirt on. Oh, that. man. All that shit. The snapbacks the castles, were crazy. The Diamond Supply. The sna- yeah, the snapback shit. It was fucking crazy karma loop era karma loop i remember you go on that karma loop and you just see what i would just get whatever's on sale yeah they have like all the little independent brands and shit i got so many random just hip-hop tees like rocksmith and all that shit like that was that was a fun era too and i know we've been staying on the blog era but i don't mind uh when i was with aristotle and by any means we had an office before we went in with kev at kwl we were in the karma loop office for a year and a half maybe i'm talking about like when the fat Jew was walking around way, like, when he was a rapper. And, like, this kid, like, Joey Badass and his friends who were, like, in right. high school would just run a fucking muck. Like, was Karma Loop, was that a Boston thing? It, sta- it started out that way, and then they went on 27th Street in the city when they got, like, a mm. lot of investors, and that's when we were in there. Um, and, like, just thinking back, the office era is gone. And I don't know if this is bad content, but... That Karma Loop office was a place for like all creative kids. Network. The ASAP kids were in there. The New Era kids were in there. Running into people like Fat Jew and Clive, clearly we right. see where he is now. Uh, Pharrell would be in there. Like just it was just a, a spot to hang out. And even pre-COVID, I just don't think that happens. Or maybe I just got old and there is like even A Life was a store in New York, but that was a place yeah. kids hung out. Like Absolutely. there's no stores. Everything's gotten so fucking corporate. It, there's just not a a lot of kicking it anymore. Like I was at an event, I was at Killer Mike's album release party last night, and I was like, "This is the, one of the first times I've," because I don't be doing shit, bro. Like yeah. if it ain't like Killer Mike or something like I really fuck with, or I ain't getting paid, I'm just not there. Like the last I saw, and, and say what you will about 
Adam22, I'm not here to have any of that conversation, but when I went to his like compound that he has now, when Maul and I did the show with him and AD, yeah. I was like, that was the last time... People were just hanging out. Yeah, I was like, yeah, damn, I, I, miss, I miss when people did this. You've been to the new spot? Yeah, the new yeah. one. And it was just mad young kids hanging out, older people hanging out, creatives hanging out, like... That's those spaces don't exist anymore. I was happy to see that when I went to No Jumper. You're about to do uh, the Fig Community World today, right? Yeah, with the uh, well, AD. yeah, I'm going to AD, AD spot. Yeah, that's that's the name of the show, Fig Community World. I think, right? Yeah, but not, it won't be at the No Jumper. No, of course, yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay, I was like, no shit. I don't know where you've been, Kev. No, I, I, it's like I don't know if you missed it. <laughs> there was a there was a big thing. It was a huge thing. Yeah, which I mean, I feel like I started that trend, but you know. Just breaking away. Oh, these breakups are my sons. I, I mean, listen. That's why I, when I interview, I had AD on the show, him and T Rail right after, mm. and I was like, "Hey, man, I've known AD for a very long time." Yeah, I was like, "You got really thick skin." I was like, "You mean to tell me you weren't planning this all along? You you took so much offense to someone saying you had the same three jokes that you said, "Fuck you, I'm out." This- I don't know. If, I don't know if you watched our episode of the no jumper ad breakup clip but i said something very similar i'm like all right i'm not saying ad is not allowed to feel offended but something just isn't adding up you wanted to leave bro yeah something like you got your out (laughs) yeah i'm like and i even went as far as to say like all right if that's all that was said in my last pod we'd still be podding for sure I was told not to show up to your son's birth. Way different than, hey, you make the same joke. <laughs> For like, bro, what? Like, you have thick skin. Yeah. Like, I've said worse things. I've been making fun of 80s veneers for five years mm. since he got them. Like, on the radio in LA. Like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a compilation clip we can make of me talking about 80s teeth. Well, I just was talking about them with Hannibal Burris because Hannibal Burris put out a song called Veneers. And I was like, have you seen 80s teeth? What is, I'm scared to click Hannibal rapping. I'm very scared to click it. I'm a huge Hannibal Burris I love him. comedy fan. So even when he would do his rap shit on stage, mm-hmm. when he would do his T Pain shit on stage, hilarious. He did the mumble rap thing. I'm terrified, and this is crazy coming from me because I'm a podcaster that right. is talking about putting an album out on Friday. So so I'm not taking away from his talent. Yeah, I'm just scared to click it. <laughs> so he put a song out called Veneers that is like a more of a comedic angle. Okay, easing into it. I get it. He played me some stuff that was really good mm. um i mean i was like yo you're like he, he i guess he's been rapping before he was doing comedy yeah and i know he's always always been a real real hip-hop fan like for real the stuff he played me was really good he has another song that's coming out called like i like lift weights it's like a joke song okay i mean it's cool it's it's you know we'll see i don't know I, he's gonna obviously run into issues of people taking him serious you know but he has to do like a leakers freestyle or like a sway yes like he just to he has show, to do that i understand easing people in but he has like, to go to the five fingers of death or something exactly and like shia labeouf would have dropped an album after he did sway people would have been like oh shit let me go check this shia labeouf album no he, he, he kind of went crazy on that he went crazy on that shit what happened after like he was working Mental with health. another another charles hamilton situation oh, man super talented people that unfortunately get in their own way of things they probably can't control but he shia labeouf but even like hannibal i love that he's doing that i hope he doesn't go full like little dicky with it where like every song is going to be kind of a, a joke no he played me some serious songs that were dope like he was really rapping but like, he he should be able to do that and i mean kind of same thing with my project like yeah we are creative in one area we can also be creative in other places like, people are going to always want to put you in a little box yeah and especially hannibal is certified comedian like there's 
amazing. It's solidified. Oh, fucking amazing. He's fine. I'm sure he's doing fine financially as well. So why not go do some shit that you like? <laughs> Uh, like move on to the next thing still do comedy but that's what i mean it's pretty much what he was saying he was like now if i get booked for a comedy show like they know they have to know like i'm gonna also do some of my music yeah you know like i'm gonna do the stand-up thing but i'm gonna do some music and what's so i mean even podcasting like most of the podcasters that are doing shit we're doing stuff before we didn't go to school for radio broadcasting (laughs) like we're all doing other shit and we're like oh well we have good opinions we know how to express ourselves let's do this this right. seems like a, a long-form version of that for you guys like uh obviously you guys had never planned to break away and do your own thing it's gone really really well despite not making lists mm. <laughs> um it's think been, about hanging it up <laughs> but it's gone really really well you guys are doing a great job i feel like you know i think like i feel like you guys each have like such a dope like nuanced perspective on a lot of shit that's like I just like to hear you guys talk about music. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, don't feel like there's any hater shit going on. Like, but for you guys, like, how are you guys approaching on the creator side, like the business of this whole thing? Because I'm sure once you get on the other side of the curtain and you're like, oh, this is how much money's out there. Yeah. For Yo, what up? It's Bootleg Kev. We got to stop the interview to tell you about our folks at MyBookie. That's right. So many ways you can gamble with MyBookie right now, man. Of course, you got NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. They're set. I love Celtics versus Lakers in the finals. All right? You can sign up at MyBookie.ag right now using that promo code BOOTLEG and get a very generous first deposit bonus. That's right. And they just got the craziest, like, revamp of the online casino it's like a las vegas experience if you play cards blackjack roulette uh you shoot dice whatever it is they have like live dealers handling it for you wherever you're at you could be at the airport and be playing fucking roulette on your phone it's amazing mybookie.ag sign up with that promo code bootleg right now you can bet on sports you could do slots you could do blackjack uh craps whatever you're into mybookie.ag promo code bootleg for that first deposit bonus and it is a generous one also got to give a shout out to our family at king palms shout out to king palm man if y'all ain't know about king palms they're our new sponsor on the bootleg kept podcast and they got such a great product the best thing about king palms is it's all organic man no tobacco in these wraps they're straight leaves and the best thing uh, about them is they got this uh, product their flavor terpene tips all right you stuff them with your with your product do we got one here? Oh, we do got one here. We got one right here. We got one right here. All right? You stuff this with your uh, premium cannabis from Hardy in Las Vegas. All right? You smoke up. Pinch that tip. You're going to get a burst of flavor. Yeah, this is the energy drink flavor. We got peach pineapple. We got watermelon wave. Also, don't forget the goddamn blue grapes. You know what I mean? And also, this is a tobacco-free wrap. It's totally organic. It's literally a leaf. Let me show you what I mean. That is just a big-ass leaf, guys, all right? So what you could do is go to kingpalm.com, weeds flying everywhere, kingpalm.com, promo code bootleg, and uh, you can get 50% off of whatever you order at kingpalm.com. And don't forget to check them out because they're everywhere. Your local smoke shop, your local uh, liquor store, 7-Eleven, smoke the King Palm, all right? It's organic. It ain't like all that other bullshit. Y'all be fucking stuffing in your lungs, man. All right? Shout out to King Palm. KingPalm.com. Promo code bootleg right now. And it's actually promo code bootleg Kev. Promo code bootleg Kev. Not bootleg. Bootleg Kev. KingPalm.com. Half off everything. Let's get back to the interview. We did a, we did a great, great deal with Sirius and Stitcher that I, I can't 
say enough good things about. They've they've been really good, and it was a licensing deal. We were able to own our entire catalog. Uh, once the deal is up, we can leave with our catalog. A lot of licensing deals, they'll hold your catalog for five to ten years. Stitcher's like a plat. Uh, is that a plat- podcast? So they're a big podcast platform that Sirius ended up purchasing. Sirius so, XM. Yes. So okay. we're Stitcher. We have a deal with Stitcher, but Sirius owns Stitcher. So, so what does Stitcher get? So Stitcher gets our content, and they're able to license our just our audio content, not our video, um, to advertisers that they have within their network. So, so you guys are able to monetize the audio aspect of yes. the podcast, mm-hmm. which is a big deal because for you guys, you're like, well, shit, our bread and butter is YouTube. Yeah, for sure. So if we can and get this bag over here on the audio side, what are we doing? And we already know that the audio aspect, unless you're doing things like It's the Real with the blog era, or right, or serial, like serial like, yeah, uh, exactly. even like what Kenya Barris is doing with like those, you know, voiceovers and the whole like sports podcast. Like I sure. listen to Bill Simmons a lot. So much of of where our genre is already. Like I'm, I'm not saying it's anything visual. that I'm not saying some groundbreaking shit right. right now. Everything's moving into visuals. So us holding on to our visuals was very much important. But like I was saying before, of how I had to pause the album to get this shit up and running. It requires some capital, and if we can give up our audio just on the licensing side, so we can get this shit moving and hire the right people and get the studios and get mm-hmm. equipment, like that's especially with the the window we had. Like yeah, it's you not, guys had a window where it was like everyone's looking at Rory and Mall. What are they going to do next? Yeah, so it's it's so. I mean, it's funny to hear you know with the internet with the check chasing thing, which is is you know people sound smart to people that are dumb. So I don't even really care to try to correct them in that regard, but to check chase in our situation is insane. Yes, we did take a check for an audio licensing deal to, to get some capital up and running. Like I fucking We have our visual. Um, I, I, I'm not sure where we'll be when this deal is done, but I have nothing bad to say about Sirius or Stitcher. I loved everything that we did with them. So they I don't just, touch any of the YouTube revenue? No. Oh, wow. So you're, you're double no, dipping. No, not at all. So yeah, it was, it was a, a great situation for the time that we were in. To your original question, that also allowed us to see the landscape now that we could kind of relax for mm-hmm. a second while getting our staff together, while right. getting our space together. Like, you know, I know we were on that pod for five, six years prior. Right. That does get erased when you don't leave with anything from it. <laughs> yeah, you don't take, you don't, you're not taking I, anything with I don't you. take a camera. I don't take the camera. I don't take none of like, and on top of that, with podcasting, People don't talk about the synergy amongst the camera guys, the editors, right. the day-to-day people, the managers. Like, That's a big thing in itself, too. Yes, Maul and I have chemistry because we were on a pod mm-hmm. for so long. You could put a mic in front of us, and I'm confident we can get great content. But to take it to the next level, that requires building a team. That's, that's why podcasting is so valuable because there's so much chemistry. That's what people are attracted right. to. That happens behind the camera. For sure. That chemistry is not just on the microphone. For sure. So that took some time as well. And that takes capital too. Like yeah. the type of people that I want to work with aren't going to work off a dollar in a dream and they right. shouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that to them. So yeah, I thought our, our, our serious deal was the perfect thing to take. And it wasn't the most amount of money. Like we had higher offers for licensing deals that I did not think worked best for the situation that we were in. Was it because they wanted the to way. own more? Or they wanted more? So in some cases, there was companies that wanted to own some. But in other cases, there was people I just felt wouldn't license our content in the best way. And I'm not going down to the ads, per se, like right. Blue Chew and shit, but First just how, all, how they would deal with... Wait a second. 
Oh no, we're big. To, no, we're the, shout out to Blue Chew. BlueChew.com keyword bootleg. Oh no, our podcast is the Blue Live Crew. You didn't know that? Oh, I love the Blue Chew, man. Yeah. No, we just we we pop them even when we don't have you know. Yeah, you just fucking just. <laughs> We're addicted. Just to fucking point. wake up in the morning with that blue chew dick, man. Uh, <laughs> but even with the, with the higher money, I just some of those companies I didn't feel like I wanted to be in business with, and neither did more. Serious made the most sense with the amount of freedom we would get, capital we would get, the time the deal was, and what we had to turn over in the small window we had. So, you know, I I love the narratives that have been put out there. I laugh at them too. I'm a big I'm on Reddit all the time as well. Like I see everything. Not just and, and not my, just my, for the free OnlyFans content. Of course not. What? Right. That's not my algorithm. Right. Um my lack of my lack of responding does not make something true. Mm. And I know me saying that does not matter to the internet, but I don't care. Is there like <laughs> so the only Reddit thing I jumped into was the no jumper Reddit? Oh, that's that's a that's, that's a spicy. Nasty, it's a nasty place. Well, because I so I was hit up by Adam to do the first show without AD and T Rail. This was the sh- the the day that he fired Lush on camera. Yeah, he, he hits me up and he's like, "Hey, man, you down to do the show tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, "I've been on the show before," so I was like, "Yeah, I'll come yeah. up, whatever." I no idea, what the, you know. Then I see, oh, this fool fired Lush on camera today, so I call AD and I'm like, "Hey, man." Uh, what's going on over there? He's like, bro, I'm about to fucking quit. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what am I walking into? He's like, dude, just do it. Just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I do it, and everyone's assuming, like, I'm the replacement. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the replacement, but they were eating me alive on Reddit. It was hilarious. Of course, I mean, of course they're going to do that. I'm shocked they didn't pause eat Adam more on that, because... In the Lush and AD thing, there was also the, the white supremacist thing was going right, on at that ju- time. There, there was like the joke about the slave owners. Yeah, thing. there was a lot of shit. So like throwing me or you as like the replacement probably wasn't the best move. <laughs> Listen, but, and I feel and I feel for Adam not on that side, but I, I feel think, I feel for him as far as like shit. Just one day a whole operation is yeah. moving, and then you lose that. And then people. And then the I, next, I, I have empathy for Adam. In me that too. Regard, me too. For sure. I told him. I said, dude, you're fucking mentally strong brother because during that time there was everybody was like fuck no jumper and then that dude rolled up there on the live stream with that old ass shit that he had already put to bed and rehashed that and it was just like but that's that's the tough shit outside of everything that stuff with the internet to some degree when people have been waiting for your downfall they're waiting they will make small things into the largest thing ever for sure. and even when things pass the next time a small thing will happen. That's why I didn't. Everything will I come did back. not understand like Joe grilling him so bad because I was like, dude, really? I I I thought it was appropriate. I just did. I just was like, I just feel like if if people wanted to like rehash old shit, like like you know, like if somebody wanted to be a dick, there's a lot of old Joe Budden shit that is like hearsay or oh, whatever for sure that people could just stir up if they ever wanted. To, you know what I mean? I, I I didn't. It was on whatever the radio. Amp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, no, I did listen to it. I listened and to it. I thought, uh, I didn't think Joe was harsh on him. I thought it was appropriate if you were going to have Adam on your show at that time. You got to address you, the and, and Joe shit. would look even crazier if you're trying to get the guy that all the attention is on right now for clicks and then you don't. And then you, and don't, you don't. And then you feed him you, softballs. You look fucking nuts. So I didn't think there. But also why I, and I'm a hypocrite a lot, I try not to grill people on a lot of stuff because to your point, like, not to the degree of like racism or something, but we all have our shit. So, and right. we're all gonna have our moments, right. especially in this world. I'm not one of those 
people in the media that protects each other. Right. Like, I, I'm in the middle there. There's some people that are like, we're all media. We can't post bad things about us because like, we don't want to get to war. I think, I think that's corny as fuck. For sure. But also going super in on someone for small mistakes. If they, some things are inexcusable. For sure. I'm not big on just doing that. And maybe that's probably not good in the content game for me to feel that way. I, I should do that for content purposes. But mm-hmm. I just I have my own shit too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to fucking scream at someone when they make a mistake. I've done it before. Don't get me wrong. But at this point in my life. You feel like you've grown? No. Just different perspective. Perspective is important. Uh, I just saw you. I didn't know you had a daughter until I saw the video you just posted. Yes. I mean, I didn't even send you the album by accident. So I didn't didn't send the ultrasound. No. So uh, how old is your daughter? Uh, A little over three months. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Has that changed your life? Drastically. I mean, obviously, besides like waking up, but has it like some people, I mean, listen, I have a son that's 18. I had him when I was, well, he's about to be 18. I had him when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I had him when I was 18. But, that, you know, it was so long ago. Mm. I, I couldn't, like, I just was, like, trying not to be poor and be homeless, yeah. you know? Understandable. So, like, I don't know, like, the, like what, did that, what does that do for you, like, mentally? Um, it's weird. I, I used to look at, like, parents when they would say, like, memeable, like, corny, basic shit about kids. I'm like, all right, I'm sure it's that like, way. We get but, it. Yeah. I get it. I get but it. I... It makes me stop. It like reminds me of joy. Just like just looking at her makes me stop where I never would have stopped. Like that's the surface level of how it's changed my mm. life. It's like little moments. I lacked little moments in my life until her. Of course, she's the biggest moment. But not, but just but a bunch of little moments all day. She has created little moments in my life that I never had before, and like makes me reobserve everything. Like. I sound like the corny parent now that I'm saying like I'm I'm walking her in a stroller looking at her and she's looking up at trees and I'm like fucking trees this is amazing remember trees, trees? remember right. those yeah. <laughs> and she is just amazed by shit so I don't know if it's selfish to say this but it, it also has allowed me to like be reintroduced to so much things within these three months of watching her observe other shit that I've had around me forever right like it it makes me even appreciate shit a bit more like mm. just her curiosity of everything makes me feel weird <laughs> do you feel like because i always say to myself i'm like okay i go to new york city like like when i go to new york i'm always like i like it mm. but i can never fucking live here this is fucking insane like i say the same thing about LA. really yeah so i go to new york and i'm like everyone's rubbing on each other everyone i mean i appreciate everyone's on a fucking grind they're going to work they're fucking just you know mission to wherever they gotta go but i'm always like i can never like I'm, I'm, I'm sure raising a kid in New York, you're raising a strong fucking kid no matter what because they got to deal with shit that nobody else in the U.S. really has to deal with in terms mm. of just going to school or yeah, for sure. going to the grocery store or whatever. Would you, Public like, transportation. Ex- make, 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 having make, a, makes, having you, a, makes you a, a man having like, or a woman. daughter, are you like, we might need to get like out the city a little bit? I mean, it, it's such a different New York than the one I know. Um, like she would be raised in a way, way different New York. But yes, it has crossed my mind. And my entire life, I was never going to leave New York, New Jersey. Jersey was as far as, you know, mm-hmm. I just bought a crib in Jersey. That's as far as I was going to venture off. Right. I, it's changed within these three months. Because you're like, huh, maybe Atlanta's not so bad. And it was, it was funny. Let me uh, name drop, pardon if I, if I drop the name. Uh, I was talking with 
Al Branch when we went down. Shout out to my guy Al. We went down to Atlanta to shoot some stuff, I think, for BET. Mm-hmm. And we used his studio, um, him and Tez's studio. And he was telling me, he was like, I was in Queens my whole life. Like, I never wanted to leave. I was never going to leave. Even when the music industry started to leave New York, I was holding strong. And he said, my daughters, nah. I had, I had to get out. Like, the schools are better here. I love being able to just go pick them up, drive off. Like, they're around fresh air all the time. Like, they can just explore. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's just a different perspective. And I feel him on that. I, I, I think it could happen. L.A., no, because I think L.A. is just uh, the same as New York, just with palm trees and Well, there's the valley. The valley's Coke nice. Is. The valley's nice. Well, I, I was always shitting on L.A., not L.A., the city. L.A., the tr- transplant L.A., not L.A., L.A. Oh, yeah, transplant L.A. is obnoxious. But that's where if I were to move to L.A. at that time, would I would have been around transplant L.A. For sure. Then I got to know a lot of people that grew up in LA, grew up in the Valley, mm-hmm. and I saw a whole nother side of it where I was like, okay, I understand why people LA's think great. this is the greatest city in the world. Not a place that I would move or bring my kid, but I have eased up on LA. I've, I've explored around and it's really nice. got to know it. I was in West Hollywood for like five years. I would just come land, work, and leave. If you're only in West Hollywood, you're like, this is like, there's yeah. billboards everywhere, there's fucking... My safe haven was Saddle Ranch. Like, that's all... <laughs> That's why trashy for sure. I mean, look at me. Don't okay. don't let the if my parents. I'm come like to trash at my core. My parents are that. coming to L.A. and they're like, we got to go somewhere. I'm assuming, just assuming, I'm stereotyping my own parents. They'd be like, that Sound Ranch place. They got a bull in there. <laughs> Let's check that out. You know, I was with Jelly Roll at Saddle Ranch like a year ago, like singing carry country karaoke. Oh, we brought the whole team there for our last L.A. show, and Edin rode the bull, Damaris rode the bull, everyone rode the bull. Yeah, there's other areas. Yeah, you know. But and then, obviously, downtown's a fucking wild place. Ah, shit. Uh, Reason brought me around, like, Carson area. We went to yeah, Reason's spots. the outro on the album, right? Yes. Uh, that we produced with Bink, and um, one of my favorite producers, Bink's period. Bink's legend. Coleman, who um, did the intro on Cole's 85 South. Oh, he had did, okay. Or, I think that's the right name of it, right? 95 North. Oh, 95 North is the Shout out to 85 song. South, the that's podcast. The one, that's the one with Cameron on it, right? Yes, yeah. 95 North. Great song. Um, Coleman produced that with Boy Wonder. He's, to me, one of the... Probably the most talented new producer that I think everyone is going to really gravitate to soon. Even when Bink started on it, I sent it over to Coleman to, to help us out with like keys and other stuff. And Bink was like, yo, can I sign him? Like who? This kid is incredible. Right. Um, so yeah, Bink, Coleman, Reason, Sobering Thoughts on the Mondrian. It actually came from a conversation Reason and I had when he was dropping me off at the Mondrian and we sat in the car and talked for like an hour and a half. Great and was, guy. And I was like, oh. One of the best. I was like, this, we had another song called Reasonable Ending, which I think might be leaked on YouTube at this point. People had heard it. And I said, we got to redo this. Like, let's, let's get a whole new beat. Let's start. This conversation we just had needs mm-hmm. to be the outro. Um, and Drake actually DM'd me and said, with a Drake-ass title like that, there better be bars on it. <laughs> I don't think we disappointed. I think Reason went crazy on the shit. Um, but yeah. Do, we're do, you, with do you reply and say... Next album, I got something for you. Drake. No, no, because I wouldn't play myself in that yeah. regard. I just don't think that's how Drake features work. Shout out to Drake. He's a nice guy. Super nice guy. He owes me a lot of money, but he's a nice guy. Oh yeah, don't you guys have some bet? He owes me money, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, he'll never pay it because I don't strike Drake as the guy to remember our conversation. It was me, him, Freddie Gibbs, and this guy at a bar. Mm. Well, he has a. 
he has stake now. He can't give you like a voucher for fifty grand. That'd so be bet, fucking sweet. So you could bet your own. So I could lose it. Yeah, bet, you just gotta go to the Suns. You just gotta go to Turks. Like Doc Rivers, bitch ass, because I'm sure he'll my luck. He'll be the next fucking coach, and I want to kill myself. Drake isn't low by staying in Turks. I know it's a beautiful island. There's women. Does there. he live in Turks? It appears that way, and I'm just gonna go for tax reasons. But that's just me. Dude, he bets like a million a day, and I'm like, you can't do that in my thing. You can't do that in New York. Listen, <laughs> my thing with the stake thing, you have to do that in in Turks. So listen, especially if for you win. sure, for sure. My thing with stake is why is everyone on stake that I see betting like astronomical, like the Nelk boys and Drake and all? I'm like, are they giving them this fucking money? Um, I mean, it could work in a strip club type of way because a like, lot of times, like if you know, rappers will be booked for a strip club and. They will give them a certain amount They'll of money. They'll give them once. Here. The, yeah. But you have to throw these. Like It'll go back to the club. It'll go back to the club. It's for optics. So mm. I could definitely see a world where steak would give popular people a I, crazy credit where you're not going to win anything. You're not going to pull this out, but no. you could bet. You could bet it all and lose. You'll be fine. Yeah. But if you win, you're not going to get the money. <laughs> mm. I could see that. That's good PR, especially with, with the betting world now. That's the new face. Jay-Z's trying to put Caesars in Times Square. What's your favorite Drake album? Uh, Nothing was the same. Mine too. Yeah, I would probably say that. You think Drake has a classic? I would say nothing was the same as a classic album. Do you think it's like a like a Good Kid, Mad City, Doggy Style, Get Rich or Die Trying classic, or you think it's like a classic to you? Because mm. to me, it's a classic. But I would to say me it's a I would classic. say Take Care would be that classic if you were going to talk Good Kid, Mad City. I'm yeah. talking about me personally. Me personally, I agree, and I, I think Take, Take Care is a classic. Take Care is a classic album that deserves to be put in those- with. Good kid, get rich. Of course, absolutely. It, it defined a time, a sound. It, it is what it checks every box of a classic. Okay, you could maybe argue it's not a rap album, but it's a classic album. It's a great album. And they had to stop putting the weekend did that whole. Why? Why did? The, why did we all say that? Do wait, wait. What, what, what that you theory that the weekend did take care. You know when they try to shit on Drake and oh, they put yeah. for each person like Quentin did this one and we like weekend did vocals on the outro. <laughs> I love the weekend. <laughs> Meanwhile, he. We say he wrote the whole album. Yo, you're an R&B guy, right? So, like, mm. I think about, like, the dark ages of R&B that produced guys like Frank Ocean and The Weeknd. Because we had this, like, weird era of R&B where, like, Neo was doing fist pump, like, fucking anthems with Pitbull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fucking Chris Brown and Usher was saying, oh, my God, Will I Am. Oh, just yeah, doing rough. all this fucking just terrible pop records that were all over the fucking radio. Trey songs didn't budge. I don't remember a Trey Song's EDM song. There might I, be one, but Trey at that time was doing like actually really dope R&B mixtapes. For sure. He, he was keeping... Um, but I feel like out of that, we did get like the Frank Ocean and the Weekend shit at was, that same time. It was like House of Balloons. The, and, sum, the summer of 2011, we got Nostalgia Ultra, we got House of Balloons, and we got Cocaine 80s. That, that changed, and then shortly after that... Miguel yeah. had some dope. I mean, Miguel's album was crazy at that time. Oh, oh uh, Kaleidoscope Dreams yeah, was Kaleidoscope incredible. Dreams. Um, but that was more like Channel Orange time, I think. Well, what was Frank. the... All and I Want Is You sailing, was dope. But even the first album, All I Want Is mm-hmm. You was dope. We had a... Uh, and then I'm saying more so like what kind of defined the way we're talking about yeah. the blog era. When it came to R&B, it was Frank, Cocaine 80s, The Weeknd, and then Janae was putting mm-hmm. out her mixtapes at that time. And that, I mean, to me is the genre of what this moody dark to some Kicked degree whispering r&b is which i i know a lot of r&b people shit on this new sound of r&b i don't i think r&b is an amazing place and if you look there's people that can really sing there's people that can make really good music 
It's people that can make dark, moody, whispery shit that I like too. Like right. it doesn't have to be defined just by the vocalists. I think we need to take care of our vocalists. <laughs> they are the unicorns and we need them all the time. But that doesn't mean we have to shit on everyone that can make great records when they're whispering. I was going to say, there's like this huge, obviously with what happened at Coachella, a lot of people were down on Frank Ocean. Mm. Rightfully, you know, I get it. Yeah, for he, sure. He fucking did a half ass. I'm so I was my son's a huge Frank Ocean fan. I'm so glad. I was about to do the whole weekend. <sighs> I'm so glad my tickets did not come through. Mm. Cause I was like, you see your fucking this is your savior yeah. on stage with a fucking DJ doing a random set for 30 minutes in the is middle. This is your king. What is this is your fucking king right here? But I still love Frank. But I feel like, do you feel like we over like, like like we hold them in a higher regard than we should based on like the amount of music that's actually out. Well, it also tells you, of course, how good that music was. I mean, he's one of the few artists in this era that did the mystique thing so well that we don't know his asterisks. Mm. Like we have, we know all of Chris Brown's asterisks. We do all, all but of them. you have to, at least Chris Brown has given us himself, whether music, personally, right. everything for good or bad. He's constantly putting music out. He's constantly performing. He's constantly trying new things. Like that's great. But Frank hasn't done that, and it, which is fine. He did th- put out like a fifteen thousand dollar cock ring. Okay, well, I mean, he did put uh, out, entrepreneur. He, he put out a piece of dick jewelry. Entrepreneur which was interesting this year. Uh, <laughs> but I have a weird, weird thoughts on that too because I, I think we still need those few mysterious artists. For sure. Like I, I still like that because I grew up in that era where it was like you didn't know the artist and they gave you an album and they disappeared for three years and they came back. Like that's ill if you can do that now. And Frank has a master class in that regard but it makes moments like coachella super magnified if, if it's yes, not good and you deserve all the critique you get from it because you only pop up every now and then so when you pop up you have to make it your best like we waited forever from channel orange to blonde he mm. delivered on blonde he kept that mystique and that legend going so when you're about to do coachella we assume if you're going to do coachella mm-hmm you've been rehearsing for a year. You don't pop out unless it's going to be something. Yeah, you and, would expect, like, this is going to be insane. Like, And I assume that there'd be music with it. Like, if you're going to pop out and do something, drop a I don't think Frank is, is low on money. I don't, I mean, I don't know his habits. I think the cock ring probably did well. I don't know. Did he partner with Blue Chew? I don't know. Maybe um, I hope so. <laughs> Promo code bootleg. Free month supply. It's just when you, when you disappear and have that luxury of disappearing and having so much, so much anticipation when you just tweet hey right you have to deliver when it's time to and he did not deliver so nah he, he deserves the critique he's gotten he's a legend in, in my opinion when it comes to music he's one of my favorite do you artists, like but I'm a, I'm a, i mean i love channel orange blonde was one of those ones that had to grow on me it grew on me i i didn't like blonde when it first came out it's let me a, say almost I, like season two of the wire you know sure that's a all right, I'm not mad at that comparison. You know, you yeah, watch yeah. season two of The Wire, you're like, who are all these fucking white dudes at the fucking pier? You know, like, oh, no, I love season two of The Wire now. Like, um, Blonde, initially, I didn't hate, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. As the years went, it's one of the best written albums. I think when I got to my, like, late 20s, around, like, 29, almost probably going to 30, I was like, this is, this is the definition of someone transitioning from their 20s to their 30s. Right. Like, the writing on that album is fucking incredible. It's a rap album. Like, almost down to what SZA did with SOS, of just, like, how much her pen is all over that. Crazy. The way Solange did with Seat at the Table, where it's just, like, this isn't just R&B. There's so much fucking words and content in this. Right. It's not just melody-driven. It's not drum-driven. This is a pen. 
Blonde is that to me. It's one of the best written albums I've ever heard. But it took me a years lot. to get there. Yeah, I feel like because you're just you just expect something different. There's not a wasted syllable on Blonde, and it took me a while to to realize right. that. Um, but I, I was like, the same I, one. I, coming off Channel Orange, I was like, bro, give me a snare. Like, right. what the fuck? Right, 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 right. And, they, right. and he gave us Knights. Oh, no, no, Knights did come out with it. But that was the one that they pushed. And that was the first one we heard. So I assumed the rest of the album would be like Knights. And then I was like, I have not heard a fucking kick yet. Right. <laughs> but it's it's a classic. Um, you've been putting out visualizers for the album. Uh, what For you, because I saw one of them that was uh, inspired. Uh, what was the Robin Williams movie? One Hour Photo. Or he's a crazy fucking it's an underrated movie. It's it's one of my favorite Robin Williams films ever. Rest in peace to the god, man. Yeah. You ever see him uh Robin Williams live on Broadway, the stand up? No, I haven't. It's fucking amazing. Um but all, all his material? Huh? All his material? I I don't know. Okay. I don't see I don't know the, the the nuances of like if he had people writing his jokes or not, but I'm good. I'm a Robin Williams movie fan. I, I can't say I've ever deeped out into his Patch story. Adams was fire. Fair. Yeah. Fucking tearjerker, man. Yeah. Um, but what, like. I even like Jack. Jack was solid. <laughs> Jack was good. Not as. Wait, wait. I, he what, might have started the pronoun wave somehow. What was the, uh, the one with fucking. God damn it. Never mind. We're not even going to go down that road. Jumanji. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jack made me think of I Am Sam for some reason. No, that's Sean Penn. I know. Yeah. I know. That's why. I, Never mind. Um, but yeah. no, I was going to ask you when it comes to your visuals, like, obviously, you're not, do, are you, you're not doing the, like, I guess, normal music video route. You're doing more visualizers. You're doing, it feels like they're more like art pieces. Well, again, initially back to me saying I never really wanted to be too forward facing with it. The initial idea with the visualizers were going to be narrative based with actors. Maybe I would be an Easter egg. Like, I'd be the person working at the deli. Right. And the artist would also be just bigger Easter eggs, but it would be very much narrative driven. And just like with this album, as, as far as scheduling dates and how difficult that became, I was like, all right, I might have to get out of my comfort zone and just do a proper visualizer because mm. I can't get everyone on the same page. Like, even. I'm sure that's the hardest part about doing an album like this. Different people's schedules, getting people in person at the same time. Like, and, and not even making the album is way easier than every artist's release schedule mm. because everyone's pitching to the same playlist. Everyone needs four or five weeks mm-hmm. if their label is... I have an incredible Masego record, but it just doesn't work with timing. And that's... I consider Masego a friend and we would put it out if it made sense for his career too. He's got a record out. We can't put another one and him be primary. Like Right. It'll push push the That was the most difficult down. Yeah. thing when it came to putting this out. But with visuals as well. So... I just try to run through shit I loved growing up, and one hour photo was one of those those things that I felt was something we could recreate. And there, I mean, there's metaphors within that entire thing, which I didn't even really discuss with. I did it with Raven, who's one of my best friends, um, Ravy B, who directed it. I didn't even really discuss with her my idea of what the metaphor of that entire thing is, and it's almost down to a Reddit thing. One hour photo is about a guy that is obsessed with a family, mm-hmm. just develops photos, and he feels like he's a part of that family. Right. And he gets so obsessed over it that he damn near wants to kill the husband when he makes a mistake of keeping that family going. So while I played Robin Williams in that, that visualizer, the fans are Robin Williams. They are. <laughs> that was Those more Reddit so, guys. That Jesus. was more so down from, from Lipstick Alley down, like... And Do you guys have a Rory and Maul like subreddit? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm in there too. I, okay. I talk. It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty gnarly. 
I mean, the, it's not like no jumper toxic. Definitely not no jumper toxic. It's a mixed bag. But yeah, that visualizer was was more so that I saw all the theories of like it had to do with my past relationship and she moved on. No, that was about y'all. And that's why I thought it was so funny that the theories that they came up were with just so off and were so much about me and my personal life. Right. It proved my fucking point that this visualizer you guys think you guys know that was y'all in the glasses walking around with my dog That's like so funny you guys have felt you guys are a part of my private life so right that's what that visualizer represents that is funny because and is i true. never spoke about that this is the first time I'm talking you guys about. do have some crazy fans that's why i always like tell like i'm always like you know i, I do interviews and i want to start doing like more just like non-interview content but i also don't want people to care about me that much mm. I like consciously, like, I'm very conscious about, like, I don't want people to really give a fuck that much about me. But we can also be honest, and I know most people want to admit this, we also need them to. People talk a lot of shit about my personal life, and it is what it is. If they stop, what does that say? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's part of the, the game. Part of the, it's part of so the gig. I can just move accordingly and do visualizers like enough. Like, right. To that's why like, I feel I would better about like, shit. Like there was like times where me and Adam, like Adam was talking about bringing me to No Jumper to do like a weekly show with him. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want people to care that much, bro. Like I don't, want, I don't need that fucking, I don't need those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like things are going pretty well right now. I mean, obviously I'm trying to scale. I'm trying to do different shit, but I'm like, man, those fucking those guys are fucking, they're into your shit, like mm-hmm. posting your girl and shit. And I'm like, I couldn't do it. I mean, that's even with, with the kid thing. I mean, I, I put the IG clip out. It's funny calling it the kid thing. You know, fatherhood. Yeah, you're. Um, that was a, a big thing I was, had to figure out after like it had set in and I started to get in the rhythm of being a father was, all right, I have a podcast, and I already see people on Reddit and all these other shits talking about it. Like, Because I wasn't hot. I was like walking around with my kid. If you saw me, you saw my child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But people were already talking about it. And everyone around me knew even, yeah, it wasn't anything hidden per se, but in the podcast world, it wasn't something I was talking about. Yeah, you guys are so obsessed with personal shit. Fuck it. When I put an album out, I'm eventually going to talk about my kid. What a perfect time. As you should. The amount of people that were like, this piece of shit is using his kid as a a fucking rollout. Y'all are the reason why. (laughs) You guys forced my hand. And I would have talked about it probably earlier, but no, let's fuck it. (laughs) Got to stop the interview real quick to tell you about our family at Blue Chew, baby. That's right. It's getting hot outside. You know what that means, fellas? You about to go get that dick wet. You know what I'm saying? It might as well be really hard. It might as well be as hard as it could possibly be. And with Blue Chew, you will achieve such hardness, all right? (laughs) It's seriously amazing. Uh, And the best part about Blue Chew is you can find out if it works. Don't just take my word for it. They're going to give you a month's supply for free. Go to bluechew.com. Use that promo code bootleg. Get a month's supply for free. Bluechew.com, promo code bootleg. Now, it's the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. Minus the awkward doctor appointment. You do not have to go see some old dude and tell him about your erectile dysfunction issues in person because that's a fucking awkward conversation, bruh. All you got to do is go to bluechew.com right now. Use the promo code bootleg. They're going to get you hooked up with a month of supply for free. You just got to pay $5 in shipping. No awkward doctor's appointments. Same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. Plus, they got the Blue Chew Mint. It's a chewable. It's great. Tastes like mint. It's also the same active ingredient as Levitra. So 
Summertime's coming, fellas. You don't want to underperform. Make sure your dick is rocked up, baby. All right? Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. <laughs> hey, man, it works. What do you want from me? It fucking works. Everyone should have a little Blue Chew in case of an emergency. You might have an emergency. You need to pop a Blue Chew. Chew it. It's a chewable. You know what I mean? Anyway, also got a shout out to our family at Odd Socks. Don't forget, go to OddSocksOfficial.com. Promo code BOOTLEG. Save 20% off. Man. They got the underwear that they just dropped uh, last year that's amazing. So not only do you get the most comfortable socks in the world, but you can also get the most comfortable draws in the world. All the crazy licenses. They got half-baked socks. They just announced their Hasbro collection, which is crazy because that means you're going to get Monopoly socks, Transformer socks, Power Ranger socks, so much shit going with Odd Socks. Plus, they got the Odd Socks Basics, my favorite. This is what I wear every day. I wear the basics because they're the most comfortable socks I've ever put on my fucking feet. So experience the most comfortable socks in the world with me. Oddsocksofficial.com. Promo code bootleg. Save 20% off. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. All right. Look, man. Uh, shout out. Shout, we've just had a little off-camera conversation. Yes. You crazy. commercial break there, right? <laughs> commercial. We just came out of a Bluetooth commercial. Yes. <laughs> but we weren't talking about that. Uh, dude, let me ask you this. You got because I've been going through this a little bit more recently, um, where I've had like fan bases like come at me crazy. I've had like uh, the the little Kim fans, mm-hmm. thousands of tweets in like twenty four hours, just all my fucking head. Yeah, um, and then recently the Dirk fans, which is crazy. Uh, okay, what do you say about Dirk? Nothing crazy. I we me and uh, the kids from. Uh, J- what uh, what's it? J- what's what's it? Jen Rivera and uh, Kyle Rich. You would know drill guy over there, Benner. The forty one kids from Brooklyn. Jen, um... Jen Carter. Oh, okay. Jen Carter and Kyle Rich who are these oh. drill kids from Brooklyn. That well, were... I support them. If they're from New York. Super nice guys. But I'm just a and, and lady. Um, but no, we were talking about who was bigger, little baby or little Dirk, and they were like emphatically like, "Man, Dirk," and I was like. Well, Dirk doesn't have any hit records. Oh, yes. I did say that you... I did see this clip. Right. Uh, I thought it was a fair point that you made. Yeah, and I was like, top 10s, he doesn't have any. Like, he just doesn't have a top... No, now he does. Mm. By the way... Do we know that officially, though? Yeah, it's number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. It's the first Dope. time he's ever been the like his, his song, and it's a fucking smash. Incredible. Shout out to Dirk. But, man, the fucking fan. Yo, he's... You would have... All these fucking weirdos who swear they're OTF and they live in their fucking mom's basement in Scottsdale, Arizona or some mm. shit. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, no, they gang gang. Like, what has been the craziest, like, moment where... Because you guys openly just talk about music. So I'm assuming at a certain point in time, you had to have caught some strays from some of these wild fan bases. Oh, uh, barbs and it's not even close. Yeah. But it's not... It wasn't based off a, a comment I made. Um, we had interviewed Nikki. Mm-hmm. And I had brought up. I remember a, that I had brought up a, a question that I still think is a, a fair question to ask somebody. I had asked Nikki, at what point do you? And I'm paraphrasing. It, it was recorded. I don't remember. Right. But it was something along the lines of, "Why do you feel like you have to respond to all this? Like, why? Why do you let that type of shit get to you?" Mm-hmm. Fair, and she she had a, a very fair response of, "If you had people, because she was she was comparing the difference between." her fan base and mine, which is a very fair thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you had people just continuing to make rumors up about you, you would feel a way too. And I replied, I was like, I probably wouldn't, Um, which was foreshadowing because I kind of did later. So so, Barb's, Barb's, you may got one. Yeah. 
Um, she said, what, what would you feel if somebody started a rumor that someone stuck a broomstick up your ass? Nicki Minaj said this to me eye to eye on camera. I could refresh my mentions. I don't even know what year that was. I could refresh my mentions right now, and there may be a photo of me on a Harry Potter broom and a barb saying, how's that broom up your ass? It has not stopped for seven years. Wow. Yeah. No, the barbs are, are resentless. And I fuck with Nikki. I always have. But they don't... That's the crazy thing about the barbs, though. They won't look for who's supporting. They'll find one off comment and go crazy. So I said something about... Um, and I, I didn't care about the... the I said the something, and mind you, maybe I... I, I I was a victim of the assumption that Little Kim did not, or had a lot of help from Biggie writing hardcore. I think that's fair to say. Right. So I had said something to that effect when me and Nick Cannon were discussing mm. the female goats. Because he said, Lauren, and then he put Kim above Nikki. And I was like, well, could you do that if Kim, Biggie wrote her shit? You know, like, I don't know. So um, I, I'll go on a limb and this isn't just try to make up for the broomstick shit to get the bars off my ass if kim wrote all her shit i, I would still put nikki above kim i don't think they're fair comparisons in the amount of time nikki has been in the game and how consistent she's been I think nikki's stuff she's the greatest of all time i agree with you i think nikki is the greatest female rapper of all time and so dude these- and i think you could make a case that nikki could be in a list of the greatest yeah like top 15 yeah yeah, I think I would be fine with that case. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, but Jesus, I didn't know little Kim had um, these fucking goons out here on the internet, bro. Well, you know, I will say, uh, I don't know if you read Prodigy's book. I did not. It's uh, another classic. Um, listen to the audiobook because okay. it's, it's cooler to hear P tell those stories. Is that the w- one where he talked about Nori shooting him? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, and amongst a, a lot of other things. But he said that he watched Kim write that Quiet Storm verse, and that made me... Look at Kim a little different. One of the best verses ever. That she wrote that. He said, I watched her write that entire thing. So, yes, of course, Biggie did help. I know Clue had leaked references of Biggie rapping as Kim. That's happening in hip-hop. I don't want to take anything away from Kim in that regard, but I still would say Nikki just is the, is the best. She's been out. She's put out way more. Like, what do you, what, what I don't do you, know if there'll be a Kim without Nikki. You could have that argument, but I think that's a weird argument to have. Let's yeah. deal with what's out and what's yeah, not. There wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a Jay-Z without, you know, I don't like that. Con- what you're about to say. But I don't I'm like saying, that convo either. But it's I'm weird. saying like, it doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it's like, it, it, like I don't factor that. I like to look at like lyrical ability, catalogs, songs, yeah. like, like how good is the music? Like, and I love Kim's music. Like I love, you know, Kim's Kim's a legend. But yeah, I didn't know that her fans also like her and Cardi B have like the same, like um they're kind of like in the same gang kinda. So I noticed mm. a lot of these bios or like names would be like Barty Gang Queen B seven yeah. seven or some shit. And I was like, yo, I didn't know, bro. Well, I I got caught up in the, the Cardi gang shit by proxy. Like I was supporting Cardi, but Maul was suggesting she needs to put out music. You can't have album of the year and then just wait this long. Like you had the best hey, she can, rookie though. year of any rapper ever. Yeah. And you haven't put any music out. Like what the fuck? Singles. Very successful ones. And then Cardi went on live, shitted on Maul, said Damaris was the greatest human being ever who's on our show as well. And I somehow just got tied in Cardi with Maul. <laughs> Like this again? I just had this talk about Cardi. I last can't have beef with Nikki and Cardi to no, pick just, one side. Well, I just had this talk with somebody last night about Cardi, uh, who who's at Atlantic. We were just talking like it is kind of like 
we've never seen somebody come out with like a classic debut album that is like literally every song's a hit. Like, I mean, I think they're all certified platinum at this point. But only streaming, that's also an unfair conversation. Only streaming could allow that. True. And that's not to take away, because I, I was on the side that Cardi put out a classic album. There's not a bad, every song is a hit. It's amazing. But and you can't, like, that would be unheard of. You can't work 13 records at radio. You can't, right. that would never exist in the world before. Only but, streaming but can do that. But she's since, like, of course she had, she's, she's had, you know, shout out to her. She, 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 she got pregnant right before, I think, the tour with Bruno Mars mm-hmm. was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but she's put out some really great singles. Like Up yeah. is a fucking banger, bro. Like the WAP and the uh, her verse with Glorilla, I, a moment. And my thing, your is, fans is, may kill me. I was one of the best she, verses of. <laughs> as long as she keeps having these incredible moments, like the album, I'm sure is being worked on. But she's got a song on off. I, I was with her in Offset Super Bowl, uh, and Offset played me his album, and she has a song on Offset solo album. That she's fucking snapping on here. Mm. This shit is crazy. Oh my god! And I, you know what? The the one thing with Cardi is like, I'm not sure like how much stuff she's writing, not writing, getting help with. But I'll be damned, man. I fucking love listening to Cardi B, bro. Like you know, like I said, pause. But like, she has. She uh, be delivering, bro. One like, of the best deliveries. Oh my god! Ever. The, how charismatic she is on records is incredible. Uh, since we're just two straight white males talking about women hip hop. I don't know if you saw it today. Taylor Swift, Ice Spice. I saw that. We, we talked about it on my radio show. <laughs> I said, does this... Are you, are you ready? I'm not. Um, I saw... Are you ready is a wild question for that. So, I mean, shout out to Ice Spice. I do think that... I think I might have saw... You guys had a conversation about Ice Spice on your show recently, right? Mm. That tied into the Cardi response that we got. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I saw you guys talking about Ice Spice. Um and I feel like she has star quality. She definitely uh, does. Um, and sh- her, she could rap good enough. Yeah, for sure. Um, she does. She does caption rap. That's super important. Yeah, I just think that uh, it, for sure, caption rap is. is I mean, Drake's, probably Drake's the, the god of caption rap. You know, but but Drake like raps, raps, and does that That's for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, Drake's one of the greatest of all time. I, I'm always on Drake's ass. Pay my fucking money, bro. Um, but now Ice Spice, ugh, it's just. I don't, I don't know if I've heard the... I haven't heard the record yet where I'm like, oh, she's going to be here for a while. She's here right now and she's lit. Like, I think her getting on that Pink Panthers record is to, well, to a me, break. Because that's, a, I think, at but, a certain point in time, is the number one song in the world. But to me, that showed that she may be around because Pink Panthers being one of the up-and-coming younger artists, mm-hmm. I love that they got together. Yeah. This Taylor Swift thing is the, scares me. You're, Why? You're not skipping steps, per se. You're, you're just going... You're chasing the bigger look. Whereas the Pink Panther shit, we know that... Both two emerging artists. It makes so much sense. The record is fire. The video is fire. Like, it made perfect sense. I could just see Taylor Swift, like, hanging out somewhere and being like, I like Ice That's Let's get her on something. And even, like, with Nicki, that that made sense to me, too. Like, both New York, she's a fan. Like for sure. All that made sense. For sure. This, and this is not a judge on Taylor Swift. It could be any huge pop star that's nowhere near the age range of Ice Spice, I'd be like, hmm, this is weird. Listen, I... You, you I, may be going too fast. You're going a little too fast. I mean, you're not going to say no. Of course if not. If you're Ice Spice, you're not going to be like, Taylor Swift called and she wants to use you as the cool hip part of her next song, you know? And, and that's where these conversations are weird too because when we talked about the 
Cardi record with Dirk and Kanye, I was like, you're not going to say no to a Dirk and Kanye verse on this record. Right. But what killed that record? Dirk and Kanye. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If, if that record would have been just her. Cardi went crazy. This, if it would have just been her for two verses, it probably would have. And, and by the way, also shout out to the Atlantic team. They took that record number one at Rhythm and, and Urban. But that it, song was number one. Yeah, at radio. But it wasn't the song that, like, you know, it, it was at things all can the go, sing- Things can go number one and not work at all. What? <laughs> uh, at radio, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think out of all the singles she's been dropping, that was the one where you were like, yeah. She put that snippet up of her sitting on that roof in the robe with her verse. She killed it, but you're right. I, I Dirk was, and Kanye. When I saw that, I said, oh, Cardi B is back. <sighs> then I heard the song, and I was like, oh, Cardi went crazy, and then... Cardi went crazy. And not to say Dirk... And Kanye were bad on it. It just—it was weird. It just ruined the song. Do you listen to a lot of Little Dirk? No. Okay. I—it's just not my type of shit. I, I wish I had a better response in these types of things because I respect Dirk. Me too. I, I feel like we've seen him like kind of grow up in front of our eyes. I and like evolve into like a great, you know. Back when we talk about like Sycamore, when Sycamore was doing his mixtapes, like I loved Dirk at that time. It's—it's just—it wasn't something for me to begin with. So I'm not hating by any degrees. It's just not my shit. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in the same boat with you. I respect Dirk. I got I, I there's records I really enjoy. There's records I really like. Hell tracks and what uh, with Hellcats and Trackhawks is fucking. I play that shit every time I DJ. You know? He's he's extremely talented. Deserves all the success. Like he is he is one of those. I, I fuck with him in that regard. It's just not something that I'm gonna stop. Just my taste. What about Lil Baby? Baby's another one that. I prefer them on features. I fucking love Lil Baby, man. No, they're great. I'm rap. just... I'm, Lil Baby can rap, though. Of course. I'm, Dirk can, too. I'm not saying they can't. It's just not my go-to. No, no. Dirk can rap, but Baby can rap. Like, I feel like I've heard Baby, like, run circles around motherfuckers on records. So I'm just like, Phew. Like, baby, the once and needs? And baby, for me, and again, I'm not... And that Khaled record? I'm not somebody, like, Every when he goes into the studio, I'm not someone he would think of. I'm not saying personally. For sure. Like my type of consumer... I like Baby and Dirk on features. Like when they just get one verse to shine, mm-hmm. I think they do it better than any new rappers out. For like sure. they make the record theirs, yeah, and that's probably, a, I mean, dude, that's the, a talent. But a the whole album, record, the Push Heisty record is like you only play you play the you playing it for the Dirk verse yeah. because that's the part people sing along to. And, and Dirk is able to rap and do like certain tricks and stuff on songs. By tricks, I mean like parts that everyone's gonna sing along to, like. Uh, don't play a little boy in the club. We do not listen like that. That no one knows the talent that that one line takes. Mm-hmm. Fuck the content of just the melody, like mm-hmm. to stop everyone and what we're gonna sing along to. Dirk has that, and he can rap, and he can make music. I'm just not running. I just maybe it's my age, maybe it's right. my region. I, I just not my shit. Did you have any time to see uh, his sit down with academics yet? No, I haven't. I oh, I saw the one clip. Of, I've just seen uh, the clips. Yeah. What was the clip about the gunner thing? I think that was the only thing I saw. You and academics still, uh, you guys have a pretty, uh, you guys have a conflict. Publicly. I wouldn't say so. Well, I think he, he, he doesn't like you much. <laughs> what? But, you, no but, I, but it's crazy that he doesn't like you much and you guys have kind of had this back and forth for years. Ever since Has it Everyday Struggle was on, right? I don't know if it's been a back and forth. Well, I, I've certainly said things whatever. before, but not anything that but I But I also, when you were discussing the list, you said nice things. He definitely he deserves to be, to be on, on that shit. Yeah. And that's where the internet will, well, they'll see this clip and be like, W frack. No, no, I'm an objective human being. Like, I yeah, know how. There's nuance and objectiveness <laughs> to every situation. Yeah. And we're also on the internet. So, mm-hmm. like, 
yes, if we're talking about a list, I believe academics should be on that. If something is in person, I'm not going to talk about the list. Right. I was <laughs> so, going to ask you, like, in, in terms these of, are, like, these are drastically we, different things. I can give people their credit where it's due. For sure. I was going to say, in terms of, like, we kind of started this convo talking about hip-hop media for a sec, but, like, how do you kind of see... And this? I'm happy uh, those... This is not going to come across. I know people are going to think this is a sarcastic shot. I'm very happy that um, he was not harmed in that home invasion. Because that, that could have went really bad. So I, I'm... This is a real... Thing. He said horrible lies and weird shit about me. I'm very happy he was not harming that that home invasion. What, that could have got really bad. When was the home invasion? Uh, from my understanding, recently two people tried to break into his recently? house with guns. Yeah, very recently, and they were arrested. He could. I don't know if he was making that up or not. But wait, didn't you send him like a Christmas card no, or something? Didn't. <laughs> or didn't you send something to his <laughs> no, house? Man. Like where, no. where like people were like, oh, that that's that's bullshit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was so funny though. Like. Listen, man, I have no issue with anybody. I think that's funny that that's an that's thing. a that's like a thing. Good, good. Keep keep the narrative going. I think it's fucking hilarious, and I do mean this wholeheartedly. I know his fans are gonna hate this because they want me to say something. Right. I know my fans are gonna be like, "Was this some pussy shit?" Like the amount of personal things said. I'm so glad with what's been going on. People, that he was life. not harmed in that home invasion because from what I read, it could have been those right. guys was ready. Mm. So was he just not home? I don't know the fuck. Something about. Some girl set him up. If I'm him, I got a safe room at the house. I think a girl set him up, but it's not my story to tell. I just saw some clips, and you know, I, I stay on Reddit, so I do see what other people type. I can't say that they are the best source, but yeah, I saw that something happened with a girl set him up, and two people were arrested, and they had guns, and they Jesus were. Jesus Christ! Somebody was unlocking a door at his house, and I, I think it was his girl's friend. His girl's friend. I, I, and listen, I don't want to. I may disagree with a, a lot of fucking things that. That kid stands for, says, whatever. I'm so happy he wasn't harmed. Because this shit, this shit is getting insane with the home invasions. And I don't want to see anybody. Just people losing their life in general. Like that, yeah. that kid, uh, I think it was in Texas, that kid who like posted the picture in standing in the guy's blood. And then that same day he got killed. Did you see that? No. And even uh, what he was saying, I think, his, I think Axe's mom was in there. Like That, that shit is like... <clears throat> That that shit is fucked up, bro. So that's, that's like, fucked I don't, up. Yeah, I, I, that's just not funny. It's just not cool. Like, I feel for bro. <laughs> yeah. Are you like a, you? Are, I mean, some would say he may deserve it, but I don't think someone deserves that. Like, that's my thing with Ak is like, I think when he first came onto the scene, because I was not hip to his YouTube shit at all prior. I had no idea who he was prior to Everyday Struggle. Mm. So when the Everyday Struggle started to pop, I kind of got a kick out of this like internet dude. Who genuinely came off like a fan who was like happy to be there in a lot of these conversations he was having because Joe Budden would be there. Yeah. And that's why like that conversation with the Migos, the BT was so funny. Cause he just was so green and like happy to be talking to the Migos. And I think there was a moment where he just became like big act. And it was like at you know, I pause. You know what I mean? Like his persona of like being like this fucking this guy, you know. And I'm like sometimes I like, and I respect dudes. Like he's a hustler, you know. Like I ain't mad at him. Sure. Like, but I also think at certain point in times with Ak, it's like you you kind of don't seem like the greatest dude, you know. Like, uh, but I, I don't I don't know him personally. Yeah, um, neither do I. To be fair, yeah. I, as, like, as, I like, as much as there's been a, a an insane narrative that anything in my life has been affected by him, which is like absolutely egregiously false and hilarious 
I, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, more power to him. Wasn't it? Like, say, like, keep going, bro. Have a blast. Like, I, you, I, there's nothing has been affected in my life. How do you see like uh, the evolution of like the space that we're all in? Right? Like you said, we were talking earlier about what is hip hop media nowadays. Like, there's the yeah. Twitch guys, there's the Kaisenats, and then who's now on Rumble, I think. Um, but it just feels like it's like forever an evolving thing. Like, how do you feel about where it's going and, and, and where it's at? I mean, that's kind of when I asked you that question at the beginning of the interview where hip hop media is, that's why that list was so interesting to me outside of what everyone else thought as far as the messiness. Where is hip hop media going to go? Because we see with these live streaming sites, even with Rumble and everything, hip hop is not going to get it done. So By itself, yeah. It's, I fear hip hop media will get pushed out of this entire world world i think it'll hip-hop gossip will continue to thrive don't get me wrong mm-hmm. hip-hop media will lose its strength unless somebody in it and i'm not even mad at the people that are interviewing these guys but it's the audience that we probably have to blame unfortunately yeah myself included i click all this salacious shit me too hip-hop gossip is what is what's going to keep this shit going i don't know where hip-hop journalism is really going to lie in the next 10 years especially with the younger kids and i'm not being the old guy saying you young kids don't have it their worlds are just different and so much of that gaming shit and everything that is going to be so profitable with live streams and podcasts i don't really see where hip-hop journalism really falls and i also don't see these hip-hop artists in the younger generation caring to do that Mm. they don't already Drink Champs is incredible. I'm so happy that Nori's able to talk to not only new artists, but people from his generation because those are great conversations. For sure. And those artists also went on radio interviews. Press was a part of their fucking life. It's not weird to them. They get it. It's, it's part of their, their being. Right. These young kids don't have to go do that. They don't. So that's not part of their DNA, which leaves the, the media people having to find other ways to do it, whether that be gaming, whether that be other interests, whether that be comedians. Let's interview be- gang members. Exactly. They Dude, have to I spent an hour on YouTube shit. last so night watching know. Brick Baby and Crip Mac on No Jumper say fucking on on neighborhood like for two hours straight. It was the I, dude, it was the most entertaining YouTube shit I've watched in a long time. And I'm saying what what's gonna be more popular within hip hop journalism or media if a rapper does an interview or someone does a whole gang breakdown of the gang that rapper came from? What's going to get more clicks? Oh, the the the, the gang video because we've seen it with like swamp stories and like these these. Uh, Which, by the way, watch those are all great platforms. They do real research. Like, I, dude, I remember great. I had to interview. Uh, young, but where does that leave hip? Where is right? hip hop journal? At some point, Elliot Wilson is going to want to retire and go live with his wife, and, and he's chill. like the last guy that you're like, oh, that person did a rap radar interview. Oh. And I know for a He's fact the there's, there's younger kids out here that want to do that. I just don't know if the artists are going to want to do that. And I don't know if Elliot gives a fuck to do every hot up-and-coming artist. They're very selective. No, of course like, not. Why would he? Yeah, of course he'll do NBA Youngboy. It's NBA Youngboy. You know, like, you know. So, yeah. So, you, you just kind of see it evolving into, like, the journalistic integrity Continuing to be diminished, but that's not a because it's a already kind of there. That's opinion. not a slight at hip hop or the culture. I mean, look, let's let's look at the number one news outlets. TMZ, 
Exactly. CNN, Fox News. There's no journalism integrity there either. Oh, so why would worst. I think hip hop would follow suit? It's the worst. Like America does not follow suit on journalism. That has changed. That's become a circus. That's about clicks. That's about salacious shit. Of course, hip hop is going to end up. The world is that way. There's not one real journalism platform. I mean, you could find, depending on your political views, certain ones. But I don't know if there's like objective journalism happening in the world. Period. Period. So to have that, everybody has about, their angle, and everyone has their. Yes, you're right. So hip hop media, and then these artists don't playlists is what I need. I don't know if I need to go. I'll go do yeah. I'll go do the rap caviar podcast. And on top of that, or, if I got beef with the artist, I'm gonna have a salacious clip. I have my own fucking Instagram. I also can set up a microphone. Why do I need y'all? I I remember thinking that. Um, I was like, man, I, I was just talking with uh, one of my friends about this the other day. I was like, if you're an artist in today's, you know, landscape, a lot of these guys, an interview can only hurt you, right? Yes. Like, they don't, like you're this not, will probably hurt me. Like, nothing new <laughs> from me sitting down with whoever it is is going to necessarily move the needle for me, but it can hurt me. Yeah. You know? So it's like, why even do it? Like... If it's just the, 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 the really the only uh, like the, the downside is very much there and the upside's not very measurable. Like, and I, uh, I'm, I'm stealing this, I think, from Steve Stout's book, but you, you'll know how popular an artist is now only based by the tickets that they sell. If you want to know how big an artist is, go, go look to at the, the show. show. So I relate that a lot to podcasting, not so much with the live show thing. But how much views are you getting without a guest? Right. And that's where the media shit is moving. You have to be a personality so much that you will move the needle weekly by yourself or with your co-host, whatever. And those are moments when you Mm -hmm. have an artist to have a real interview. And I think journalism can happen in that regard. I think, you know, Maul and I haven't had like the crazy salacious shit, but the interviews we have done, whether it be Russ or DJ Drama, like I think we had- Did you guys have Belly on? We did uh we cook lamb chops with belly. Okay, yeah, that's we, what it was. Yeah. I mean, we had a nice conversation, yeah. but I wouldn't say it was an interview per se. No, but you guys, I do feel like you're right. Like when I see you guys do an interview, I'm like, oh shit! Like I know you guys really fuck with the artist. Yeah, and even if we don't, it's kind of has to be a, a reason outside of just to talk. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing the podcast run, and that's where I see the value with hip hop media, whether you're the media person or the artist, what is actually going to make sense and move the needle for both of you. And I don't know where that's going to happen in hip hop journalism, unless all the hip hop media personalities can keep an audience without an artist that gives an artist an incentive to go on there. If I'm an artist and you can't do that, I'm bringing my audience to you. I'll just set up a fucking microphone and go on IG live. That's what's like, I think for me, I've been like, okay, well, one, I'm, syndicated on the radio all over the country every fucking day. But you actually do, and why I said you belong on that list, is you actually do the journalism interviews. I try. Anytime as a... I just had a young nudie interview yesterday where we just got high the whole time and talked about fucking Pinky, you know, the porn chick from back in the day, you know. But that separated you in this space, I feel like, because you have real interviews. And you're not... You're way more consistent than Elliot because Elliot works on a different type sure. of time. And like, I like, I'll just like, if I like somebody, I'm like, yo, I want to talk. Like, I know it's not going to do numbers, but I want to interview this person, you know? Like, and that's valuable. I just don't like, know how you, long it's going to. I want to interview Big X the plug so bad. If you listen to this guy, no. He's from Dallas. He's so fucking hard, bro. DMing his guy all the fucking time. Like, bro, when the fuck y'all coming to LA? Big X the plug. 
He's on United Masters, so he's a he's stout guy, but he's hard, bro. He's got a song called Texas, but he's got a big uh, song called Big Stepper. He's got, bro. He's going up. He's fire. Yeah. Big X the plug. But okay. the, see, to me, that's kind of how I got involved in this whole shit was like, I was just a hip hop head. Mm. And I started doing radio because I couldn't rap or make beats or. Did you try to rap? I wrote raps. Okay. I never I, tried. I, like, I never recorded songs. I wouldn't a song. trust you if you didn't try. No, I tried. Okay. Yeah, I don't trust well, anyone. I didn't say I tried. I wrote stuff. Like, I'd be in school writing raps, but yeah, I yeah. never, like, performed or recorded a verse or anything. I just have a weird thing. I don't trust anyone that didn't at least try to No, write. I wrote for yeah. sure. I would just, like, write hella scribbles and shit. Um, but, you know, for me, it's almost like you said. It's like, not only am I doing the, the YouTube and, the, and that, but I'm also on the radio. So I'm like... If I play someone's song once, it's twenty five spins. Yeah, and I'm on Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. so it's like I'm br- like, like I kind of have that advantage going for me. But I definitely like you know I moved into this new new compound, so we're gonna start rolling out like just different non interview types of content. Because like you said, how long is that gonna last? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's it's really like. But again, at least you have the the luxury of having a staple in the podcast culture that we know we're going to get a real interview from someone right. where there is a lot of guest-based pods that just it's it's bullshit and they rely on a guest every single time you and elliot at least we know like yeah right, like, this, well, this will be a, 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 a form interview i mean i'm not sure this one was but i'm not a rapper um uh, <laughs> all my fault but yeah um you know like even when the gib shit was happening like yeah when he popped up with you I'm not sure which Gibbs one I'm in the timeline here. Yeah, which... I which, was like, at least I, I know this is going to be a real interview, going to be a real conversation, because Kev gets respect from every rapper I know. They'll have a real conversation. It'll go somewhere. Kev is going to ask real questions. That's so lost in the guest-based podcast world. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I don't think it's going to Yeah, the Fred last. thing was like... For, like Fred's you, one of, you are an anomaly. In well, this, Fred's this one of my best too. friends, so you know, for me, it, when he beefs with the world, it complicates my relationship with the world. Yeah. God bless him. Love for you. But I'm the guy who gets the call like, yo, what's fucking S dot just called me three days ago and was like, what is this spready Gibbs I'm seeing on Twitter? And I'm like, bruh, bruh, I don't want to get into it, man. I'm too close to the situation. <laughs> Gotta be the name of the next album, right? I, I love the fact that he leaned into it. Cause he's, it was, but he's the best at the internet. He's the best. I knew he would do that. He had to lean into it, man. And like, you know, yeah, no, but somebody said, that he was spreading his stink star and he replied with, yo, you got big titties. <laughs> like, what? A, that's the only way you can reply to great, that. <laughs> great response, for that's, sure. That's a perfect Twitter response. She said something hilarious and so did he. Yeah, and my other thing too is I try not to, you know, I try not to dive into like the low-hanging fruit, like beef shit, like, or like, you know, I just, uh, some shit I'm like, I'd rather, I would just rather not intentionally add to certain shit. Now, I might end up adding to certain shit, but it ain't, you know, some some of these platforms and like I watch them, you know, like I, I, I got love for Vlad and all those guys. I watch Vlad shit all the time. Mm. But it's just like, I don't know. For me, it's like at the moment it's working. But you're right. It's like the guest based shit is like at what at a certain point in time, like it's definitely got to evolve into something else. And you guys have done such a great job of doing that because people are there for you guys. Mm. And if you guys happen to have a guest, fucking sweet. It's going to be a great interview because yeah. you guys do great, great conversations. Um, if you had Vlad on, what would be the first question you would ask him? Uh, fuck, man. I don't know.
know. I've asked Vlad to come on the podcast because he'll text me sometimes or call me sometimes. And he said I didn't have enough viewers for him. He said it wasn't popping. So I think I, think I got the text in here. But I mean, I appreciate but I, but I just, honesty, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and I, I respect, hey, hey, also, I wasn't, I didn't take that shit personally. I was oh, like, I, hey. wouldn't, I wouldn't take it that personally. I was like, hey, bro, I get it. Yeah. All good. Like, hopefully one day, you know? Like, he had hit me for a contact on cannabis. Oh, you know what it was? He called me because he was like, I didn't want to send this over text. He was like, but, you know, I'm looking at your numbers and like, you know, and I'm like, dude, you're fucking rich. Yeah. So for you to like take time away from your family, take time away from your business, I get it, bro. All good. I didn't take it. Vlad is rich. He's never told us that. He tells us that a lot. I had no idea. I mean, have you seen the way he dresses? No, he's not on camera. Well, no. Sometimes <laughs> when he is, it's like fucking Louis. Every he, you know how they say you can either wear the designer or let the designer wear you. He's, I would okay. say the designer's wearing Vlad. He walks into Saks and just give me the mannequin. Yeah, give me the whole <laughs> shit. Give me the glasses. Give me the fucking shorts. Give me the shoes. Give me the socks. Yeah. You know, it's uh, shout to Vlad. By the way, Rap Phenomenon was it the first one? Or the, it was a Rap Phenomenon two that he was the the Tupac one. The Tupac one. Tupac Green one was Lantern? great. Was that the one with Green Lantern? I believe so. Yeah, him and him and Green Lantern. God, Green Lantern's a goat, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. As Green should do more podcasting. I feel like me and him were just together in Vegas, and uh, he has a lot of stories he probably just can't tell. Correct. That's that's what Correct. it is. Because Green Green and I have had great conversations where I'm like, this would be the greatest. He's podcast. got tons of those and. I just, man, I just want to know, like, you know, the Eminem shit, what happened with the, sh- I mean, we know what happened with the shady shit with like the Jadakiss G-Unit shit or whatever, Yeah. but this guy was Jay-Z's DJ, Eminem's DJ, and he's Nas's DJ. Yeah, There's fucking- no way <laughs> it's a goat. he doesn't have some wild, but, I, but if you know Green, which you know him. Mm. There, there's just I don't think there's a chance in hell he'll ever like really dive into a lot of that shit. He told me though a couple of weeks ago on 420 because we were doing Hardeen in Vegas together, and he was like, "I'm going to do your podcast when I have something to promote." I did say that similar. Yes, yeah, you told me the same thing. <laughs> he, had, he had nothing. He has nothing to promote. You know, he put out that big pun Jada song. Which- mm-hmm. But Green's kind of like uh, speaking of Vlad. I've seen Vlad's like moved into the mafia part of youtube which i i get i respect it you have to grow the page but you know picking the people that already have huge numbers in the mafia space and telling the same stories that were out already but i get it vlad is a different audience green is like that but music industry wise when i look at the mob shit i'm like if this guy's telling the story obviously either ratted or he's lying because he wouldn't be able to tell this he he wouldn't be green is like that for me with hip-hop he can't get on a mic and talk about he wouldn't be someone you could interview because yeah. you even see people in hip hop that go on these, like the behind the scenes guys that tell these crazy stories. I'm like, he might have like, to be lying because the people that can't tell this story aren't going to tell it. I feel like Vlad <laughs> has one of those guys on the show every two weeks. Oh, it's entertaining. Where you're like, yo, there's just, just this random like bodyguard. And he's just saying, like, I know who killed Tupac. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I mean, he's. I was under the fucking, I was under the Mercedes. I had a GoPro at the time before they came out. And then Vlad will like you know. he interviewed he interviewed someone that pulled up on a bicycle to the Tupac scene. I was like, "Are you kidding?" I believe it was the first responder. He just happened to be on a Schwinn. Are you Are you serious? I swear to God. <laughs> oh, I, I, listen, I have a lot. I have a lot of disagreements with Vlad. Right. Uh, That's great though. I I, him that. and I, I, I guess, don't get along. I don't know. I have a lot of issues with people I've never met or spoken to. Right. Um. But I yeah, when there's positive things to watch, Vlad related, I, I watch. 
Yeah, I just watched uh, him and Charlemagne, and I watched uh, him and uh, who was he? Excellent. Look at the growth of Charlemagne. I watched a few of those clips too. Yeah, Charlemagne's a grown ass man now. I love it. It's great. Oh, it's like finding out Santa isn't real. <laughs> Fucking a. Ugh. The nerve um, of you to mature. <laughs> the album is out. Yes, um, I thought it'd be different. May twenty seventh, sixth. I can't remember anymore. Who did all the artwork? Because it's real art. Um, all the artwork was by. A gentleman by the name of Ezra Cohen. Um, For the people that have watched our podcast visually when it was at my house, now we're in a new studio, but the artwork behind us that you can kind of see because it's so big, Ezra did. He did all the singles, the album. Like He's one of the most talented painters, uh, I think, out period. And him even doing the music thing was cool because he's very much in the art world. Like He's gallery, Lower East Side, studio, Hell's Kitchen. Like He's not in our world. So the fact that he was so open to do this stuff was amazing. Do you have to pay him? Of course. I don't know. I gotta ask. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if he's like, yo, man, we... Everyone can speak to my business on this album. There's a way to do good business no matter what. I hate when people would say industry standards. No, there's a way that's a facade. There's a way to do good business. Um, Even if Ezra said he'd do it for free, I wouldn't do that. You gotta take care of him. Of course. He he worked and worked really well on this project, so... Um, how many songs is it? 13. 13 records, mm-hmm. tons of features, dope production on the album. Compilation, I mean, had to be features. I mean, it is a compilation. You're not rapping. You're no. not singing. I might on the second one. Who knows? You know what's funny? When I would always hear you drop these nuggets about you were working on an album, Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know Rory rapped. <laughs> I'm like... I rap on the show pretty often, but people don't But I was like, like I just was like, I just assumed you were like going to rap. Because no. it was like this like secret project that you had, yo, yo, working on. I'm like, oh shit, Rory's making music. I knew you were working with uh, Emotional Oranges. Yeah. Because you, manage- you manage them? Mm-hmm. Shout out to, I've known Azad for, I played. He was supposed to pull up, but I uh, had a doctor's appointment. Yeah, so I played his song Spiderwebs mm-hmm. on the radio in Las Vegas in 2010 on my underground hip hop show. Yeah. Very talented guy. Super talented. And helped me, I mean, EP the project with me, Azad. That's, that's my partner. That's my guy. Great guy. The best. So he he was a instrumental, no pun intended, part of this entire process. So it was it was great to have Azad help me with this, and just having emotional orange as part of it. Just our internal production crew. Like this this really wasn't like send out records, like send beats. Like this right. was start start from scratch. Some you know thirty second ideas maybe started, but yeah, this was very much a creating an album amongst the internal like, crew. Because yeah, you know a lot of times you'd be like, yo, this guy probably sent beats out, got put together some uncohesive record oh for sure Yo, just give me a 16 and i'll figure the rest out yeah i'll build around that you know like and even like the the few times that artists weren't in there they'll they'll send just their verse over maybe just keys or maybe just a drum loop i sent right and then we go in and frankenstein the entire thing like is it was drum ri- still shelly or is he back to drum he was drum shelly and now he's back to drum yeah okay is he um, good he's good drum is great yeah drum is a really, talented really guy one of the most talented people I've ever I only worked asked, with ever. He once fell asleep during an interview on camera with me. What year was it though? Two thousand sixteen. Okay, drama's sober now. And yeah, doing, he was not doing sober rip- then. Yes, drama's sober now. Drama's doing amazing. Um, again, one of the most talented people I ever worked with. One, no, of, the fa- one of the fastest workers he's too. An like, alien. I'm a slow worker when it comes to music. Like it's gonna take me some time. Drama and I cooked up. I want you. But you'll never know it's on my album and Phone Can Die, which is on his, in one weekend and each session was like an hour and a half. Drums a beast. Like it, it was fucking crazy how fast we worked together. And that may be chemistry, but also drum is just an alien in that regard. And 
yeah, one of the most talented people. I, I uh, anything on the way uh, that you could speak on? Any uh, podcast stuff you guys are working on? Anything live show? How do you guys do the live show thing? Obviously, the merch is booming. Yeah, so uh, we actually have more more merch coming. What was um, it, Bare Minimum Boys? Is it a t-shirt you can go buy? Yeah, it's off the market now. It was just for a day you could buy it. Fucking um, But we have our actual merch, which, you know, we pride ourselves on having the best merch in the podcast space. Right. Like, it's it's not tour t-shirts that, Patreon. You, that you drive once and are gone. But yes, Patreon. Um, we're in our new studio now. We have a, I mean, by the time you're hearing this, we have more sketches out, I think, tomorrow, Monday. New merch on two weeks. New merch on two weeks. Merch in two weeks. We with this new studio space and office space, you know, we're, we're back to getting in the actual rhythm. So would you do another podcast? Cause you know, there's a lot of people, especially in the comedic world that they do like multiple podcasts. Like you got like uh, you know, Tom Segura, he doesn't know his wife. Yeah. He doesn't want Burt Kreischer, you know, like, um, I haven't pitched it to him, but Terrell Grice, who has one of my favorite YouTube platforms where he has R and B singers come on and they do like a, uh, like a word game where he'll say a word and they have to sing a song that has that word in it, mm. like with a singer. Right. One of my favorite platforms by far and just like one of the coolest guys I think on YouTube. I would love to do some type of R&B thing with him. That'd be dope. But I, he, he may be too big for me now. I don't know. Well, because there's like only I think the R&B Money podcast and then what you guys and what Joe, I feel like you and you guys and Joe's And we weren't even like, like we you guys touched upon R&B. But but you guys talk we about weren't it. an R&B podcast. Talk about it. Yeah. So I, I think that space definitely has a void to fill and this album could start that but again you know i needed a year to get this shit off the ground with a new one well go go run it up stream it yes um, thought it'd be different thought it'd be different on all platforms buy it vinyl will be out probably next year because that shit takes yeah, vinyl forever takes forever <laughs> shit takes fucking forever very long time um but designing the artwork for that now they have the masters and we found a company that i think can turn it over in less than a year so there it is, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you pulling up. I appreciate My you guy. having me. We I've finally been, made it happen. You finally wanting, have something to promote. Been wanting to do this for quite some time, but, you know, Rory, this made more sense. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Boom. Fire. Hey, we got to wrap up an interview brought to you by Hardeen Las Vegas. Appreciate y'all watching. Hey, don't forget, when you go to Vegas, you got to go to Hardeen, man. It's the craziest dispensary you'll ever walk into. It smells like fucking heaven in there. All right? Get in that Uber when you hit... Sin City, tell them, take me to Hardeen. They're going to take you. You're going to get a wild selection of the just top, top of the line cannabis. The best selection you'll go uh, uh, be able to see in the U.S. Plus, on top of that, they got the crazy gear. They got the clothes. They got the bikinis. They got a wonderful selection of bud tenders that are very good at their job, man. They'll take care of you. Tell them that Bootleg Kev sent you the bud tenders of Hardeen. They'll know what that means. They're going to get you hooked up right. All right, go follow them online, Hardeen underscore Las Vegas, or just go check out their website too, man, HardeenLasVegas.com. And when you're in Vegas, pull up to Hardeen or you're playing yourself, for real. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.